0: Is that a fulcrum in the middle or a I fulcrum? Wrong? Yeah,
1: oh. yeah, that's right. it's oh. like right. you're changing a car Winner. tire. Winner! A car it. tire with a. Anytime uh, I drink beer. I <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now it's coming out. So <laughs> the
2: numbers are starting <laughs> <so, laughs> to come one, out you know, here. One thing
0: about- And we're back. <laughs> Hunter podcast. So 55. Well, this is like the special edition, the, the ATO Archery Trade Association show live from the floor, but not really live because Colty's going to produce this thing later. Um, but yeah, we're in person at the ATA show. Feels good to be back in the show. Yeah, it's
3: absolutely interesting year. It's feeling a little slim. Yeah, man. Yeah. You agree? Yeah, the crowd's down a little bit, but we'll see tomorrow. It's quality over quantity. Quality over quantity. Yeah.
0: That's Depends why we put this to be, podcast yeah, together in five minutes. people sitting at this got podcast quality here. Yeah. Hey,
3: man, you want to do a podcast? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Listen, yeah. here, but Now,
0: I, at the end of the day, Jared and I typically are talking to a Zoom
4: screen. Right. Um, and that's basically it. You know, that's what we have is the yeah, zoom screen. Usually you guys are on this screen here. So this is really nice to have people sitting right, sitting yeah, right, right. here.
3: Exactly. Don't ever touch me again. <laughs> you
4: the rocket man over here. He's gonna jam me with the spear Don't ever touch me again. Did you guys bring that? Is that a prop? We brought, yeah,
3: that's right. And we, brought the, we brought the big, we brought the prop.
4: Okay. It so does
0: have a proper name, which we can get into at some point, yeah, right?
3: right? Yeah, this is just a basic prop for people to basically understand what the heck's going on.
0: Very cool, man. Well, yeah, we are at the ATA show in Louisville, Kentucky, or Louisville, if you want to call it like that from it's the East. It's
3: Louisville, or Louisville. they will. They I, go, will I go straight.
0: Listen, my wife's a Kentucky girl. Okay. I don't want the backhand. It's Lou Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and we've got some guests with us, right?
3: Yeah. I think so. Troy Fowler? Yes, sir.
0: Welcome to The Thank Hunter you. Podcast. Yeah. Appreciate you. you coming in and sitting in with us. Yeah. And um, I guess, uh, you know, I'm sure not much introduction needed, but for our listeners, give us a little introduction. Who is Troy?
3: Um, I was a person that was never supposed to be involved in the archery industry at all. So I have a moderately interesting and quite controversial channel called The Ranch Fairy.
4: Mm-hmm. I've and, heard
0: of it. And,
3: uh, <clears throat> sounds a familiar. A of people have. Yeah. So I have a lot of people here who walk up and talk to me and say, hey, man, nice to meet you. Love your stuff. Just don't tell anybody. We spoke, right? (laughs) They walk off and go talk to cool people. So my whole channel is about um, the highest efficiency killing sticks. We can can fly through the target, Mm -hmm. not to the target. Mm -hmm. That's basically it in a nutshell. Cool. And I started, um, due to failure, I decided to leverage the pig population on our ranch and start using them for live test material. Mm -hmm. So we have deer feeders. They're moderately predictable. Starting in March, March through September, nobody really hunts on the ranch. Yep. So you can get a lot of shots. They're they're, they're white-tailed distance. They're kind of nervous targets, so they move around a lot. Yep. So deer jump the string. So we have that, and I'm elevated. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm just gonna go, and try everything. Yep. And the biggest challenge with me was I kind of fell in love with killing the big ones. Yep. And it's just like a whitetail deer. You don't see them, the big bucks constantly walk by and say i'll shoot him tomorrow yep right cameras and all of it and then when the big ones come out i was 50 wow. percent. 17 yards no distance no tricks wait till they're cording away
0: just super tough critters
3: there was a lot of stuff going on <laughs> and i said okay so i have every expandable every broadhead i'm shooting light stuff there was nowhere else to go so i read ed ashby's study this is Seven years ago, mm-hmm. and said, "I'm not doing that right now." Yep. So what the hell do I have to lose? I'm shooting twenty yards.
4: J- jump, so r- st- jump right on that, Mike Troy. Get okay. right, get right on it.
3: And I, uh, so I really, I just said, "Well, if what I'm doing is fifty percent, what Ed says can't be worse." Right. And I started learning to hand sharpen. So, so what was
4: happening? The other fifty percent of the time, you're just getting, I was getting no half an arrow in them, mm-hmm.
3: and they were they would just disappear. Yeah, I do believe to this day that I was having blade erosion issues. Interesting. They're covered with mud. The hairs, yep. are, if you've ever cleaned one, they eat knives.
5: Yep.
4: Right.
2: Yep.
3: And their bone structure is extraordinarily, their, their rib cage is 3X. I, I, I think I could
4: speak for, I don't think Jeremy and I have ever shot a pig. So I've shot one right. with guns. Okay. So this, this right. is new. So they're just little educate. tanks. Yeah. I mean, they, I
0: know their structure. I mean, there's their shoulder blades and they're, I mean, it's like an armor plate.
3: So the, the the easiest thing you could do practically is the next time you get ribs, pull a piece of the meat out that you eat, mm-hmm. and it's never wider than your thumb. Not right. much. Right. So just, just okay, tight, let's call compact. that three quarters of an inch. Yep. You're going to hit
5: bones. Yep.
3: I think the blade, the broadheads I was shooting were deteriorating to the point that they would not cause trauma internally. I'm also a respiratory therapist. I had cadavers in school, and I've studied how to keep you alive with a hole in your body. I understand what it takes to make you die with a hole in your body. Mm-hmm. It's all reverse tell us how to
4: beat COVID, too.
3: Yeah, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of COVID, <laughs> so. And it's arrived. Right. So I just started playing with better quality broadheads, higher, better tuning of the arrows themselves. Mm-hmm. And I started just, when I did it right, they didn't make it i'm talking 50 yards i I expect nothing to go 50 yards anymore when i hit them right crazy man. nothing and it's a dramatic difference from seven years ago and it's still the same shots so i just started shooting shoot quarter two shoot quarter away try to break things Mm -hmm. and then i met that guy and that would be daryl barnett the rocket man
0: is that is that a true nickname like an elton john wow yeah love Love that man
3: (laughs) right (laughs) he'll tell you they technically never worked on a rocket whatever He shot stuff that went Mach 11 or something. Yeah, that's fast. I gotcha. That's pretty fast, right?
0: So So if we say, well, this obviously isn't rocket science, we actually are full of shit because it kind of is. It actually is. is
3: There's a lot of it. Interesting. When I first met Daryl Barnett, he's much more, I like saying it this way because it's more fun. But he said, hey, Troy, you know what you're doing, but you don't know what the hell you're talking about. (laughs) <laughs> I like it that way.
0: He Darryl, didn't say it that way.
3: He's a straight shooter. So yeah. kinda <clears throat> introduce yourself a little bit there, Mr.
1: Barnett and Yeah, thanks Troy. Uh so I grew up shooting guns, uh shooting bows. Just an average Just yeah, you guys can feel free to grab those mic wherever you yeah. want okay, to get it on your face, sir. Where are you from? Darryl? I'm from uh, East Texas, Texarkana, Texas originally, just on the border of Texas and Arkansas. Mm-hmm. South and, though, uh, so you considered a Texas man? Yes, absolutely. We are born on on the Texas side of the state line yeah, 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 a mile away from the border (laughs) Texas Texas says Texas can be yeah I got it (laughs) a mile in yeah and uh, we grew up hunting and fishing and doing all those kinds of things Uh, I started flying model airplanes when I was a kid just happened to fall into that Uh, went down that road and decided hey I really like this I'd like to learn more about it and how to uh, understand how airplanes fly and all of that. So I went off to school at the University of Texas, got a degree in aerospace engineering, stayed, got another degree in aerospace engineering. And then the government came along and I started working for the Department of Defense, designing projectiles. That's an important place. Yeah, designing projectiles for uh, electromagnetic railguns, And uh, that was a long and storied career. And they finally said, okay, we've had enough of you. Mm-hmm. There's the door we're done with electromagnetic rail guides. Thanks for, thanks for your time. Good people land on their feet. We'll see you later. And, uh, that was, uh, that was a 20, 25 year career. Wow. Doing that. And, uh, so then I got involved with, uh, well, I got involved with some technology that I thought, Hey, that's really great technology. Let's transfer that over to the sporting goods arena, because there's a lot of things that the DOD does that, that are useful in the industry, but nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I think I can bring that in. I think I can talk about that. I started watching Troy online, and uh, it turns out we live in the same city, Austin, Texas. Small world. Yeah. And uh, so we, through a fortunate series of events, uh, hooked up, and we've done a lot of testing together. You'll see some of that on Saturday. And uh, just enjoying the ride.
0: Isn't it funny? Yeah. I mean, how, you know, obviously your background and your background, yet it comes back to a passion, which is... Is hunting, right, right, right like right. that? That's really, and it, and I think it's just because it's one of those things that's so rooted at the heart of what we do, you know, in our everyday lives. You know, that's one of the reasons when I started our media business and Jared and I started Hunter was like, well, I just love doing this all the time. Why can't I make this my job?
3: Right, right. You right. know,
0: like it, it, you know, you see, you hear so many people talk about, oh man, I like, I hate to work, but I love to hunt. I'm like, well. You know, why, why do you do 80% of your time at work, which you hate, and only 20% of your time, you know, doing what you love? Right. Like, figure out how to f- flip that around.
3: And we've been fortunate that we have that, our place in South Texas that we can do whatever, Tannerite, canned yes. guns, whatever you want to do. And then we also have another test lab in Austin where we can go out and we've done high-speed video and we've started really exploring the stick. Yep. What happens when the stick leaves, leaves the string? And he's gonna have some videos tomorrow where we put progressively more aggressive fletchings on and once you get above a certain degree which is eight or nine degrees the back of the arrow actually so going like that so i guess daryl maybe maybe <laughs> i never expected that i expected better i expected it to overwhelm the stick and shoot straight
4: yeah so, so say again that happens when you do what
3: so, when you really put a very aggressive helical on the shaft, yep, like yep. 15 degrees, yep. like we're talking stupid, they look like they're yep. sideways.
4: Sideways, yep.
3: The arrow takes off and actually starts rotating. Rotating the, the bass into the arrow, goes like that. Okay. So like fish tailing. Because it's out of, out of sequence with the rolling of the shaft itself yep. and the way it's bending. Okay. There's a whole lot of aerospace man, and he's still teaching me. Well, I so- sound smart. I don't know what the hell I'm talking. That's what
0: about. I was gonna say, Daryl. So it, let's let's break it down as simple as can be, okay? Because most of our listeners are bow hunters, yeah, right?
5: right?
2: Okay. Most sure. of
0: our listeners are bow hunters. <clears throat> We're all bow hunters. If we think about the 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 process of the the arrow and the shot when it's release releasing, what are the factors there that as a bow hunter we need to consider in order to do what you did, which is make efficient kill shots every time, right? right. What are those factors? Because we we talked about it briefly before we got on this podcast, and I said, man, when I got out of the double x 75 era and carbon came out it was like lighter is better lighter is better lighter fast and then all of a sudden it was like man i never get a pass through right you know and right. so and i don't think that um you know we we catch shit frank all the time i said it something during our uh, shane simpson blood trailing one where i said i think a lot of crossbow guys are shooting these 500 feet per second crossbows with a super light arrow and a hundred grain broadhead and they're wondering why they're not getting a penetration. And it's like, well, yeah, there's, your arrow's not built correctly.
3: So there's all kind of stuff going on there. So,
0: so I guess walk us, <laughs> through, walk us through some of the basics here, right? Well, and, of of what it leaves to. And what's strength. the main
4: thing you guys are trying to like address? Like, what's the main issue that you're seeing here? And so like, give us a sneak preview on what you're going to okay. try to educate right. on yeah, God.
5: tomorrow. No, 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 I'll, ta- I'll
3: tell you what the goal is. The goal is the, air, the stick is always on the other side in the dirt. Okay, perfect. It should never be in the animal. Perfect. There will, you should, the highest percentage of shots you take should end up in the dirt. And everybody wants Agreed. that, right? From a tracking, no, from a, they don't? You are wrong. Really? Nope. There are some pros oh, yeah. here who think that the shaft inside the animal is optimal.
4: <laughs> Carnage. <laughs> That's what they want, right? They right? want it stuck in there and. They think it's moving around. Yeah. That seems hmm. crazy. That is So crazy. we'll back
3: up to him because. I want a pass through. You do, but maybe you're smart.
0: No, I'm not. No, no, no,
3: no. <laughs> So the goal is to have okay. outside of bad shot placement from shooting poorly or the jump right. the string yep. or you hit a stick or make a Marginal things, shots. Things you can't control. Correct. We want to narrow the variables down to... Love it. Dirt.
1: Now we're talking science. Bloody
3: shaft in the dirt.
1: All right, Daryl. Yeah, sure. What do we need to do to do that? Okay, so one of the things that I've found Keep over... Up. One of the things I found after looking, uh, just watching YouTube videos of of people talking about arrows and arrow flight and what's happening, is there's a lot of misinformation out there about. You don't say. Oh my, it it sure is. (laughs) I've never heard any. Yeah, it really surprises me, coming from uh, industry where forums and uh, technical papers are written. That you go to the oldest sport of launching some projectile against an animal, 10,000 years, and you have no technical repository of data or information. It's Everything's anecdotal. Everything's, well, he did that, so I'm going to do that. Or that's what my shop said. And I'm like, this is crazy. We need to change that. We need to change the industry. Get rid of the misinformation. Let's learn. Uh, to start with, how arrows fly, the next step will be how they penetrate. How do you get the best penetration performance? But before you get to the penetration, you've got to learn how to get your arrow down there. Yes. And that's kind of things that I'm talking about tomorrow. I can't cover a lot. But, uh, like, for instance, I'll give you a perfect for instance of, of information that the bow hunter needs, but it's not there. And that is the drag of a broadhead uh, versus the drag of a field point mm-hmm. on the same arrow. Mm-hmm. You can have 50% more drag from a from a broadhead that's actually being shown here at this show. You can put that broad, you can replace the field point, and at 60 yards, you'll get nearly a uh, three and a half inch drop. Wow. And you're like, okay, well, no big deal. Three and a half inches, that's no, that's no big deal. So if you're trying to shoot 60 inches and you've got a three and a half inch drop, that means if that animal takes a step back, that three and a half inch drops becomes over a four inch drop and you'll miss the animal. You'll be outside the target zone, assuming the target zone is an eight-inch circle, Hmm. right? So your field point will hit in the center of that circle, but your broadhead will hit outside that circle. I'm like there is no app none of the apps out there cover the fact that the the drag of the broadhead increases you can't just take your field point off and put your broadhead on there and assume it's going to hit at the same point yet people talk about doing that all the time well, and i
0: think that assumption is usually you know in regards to expandables right if i take my field point out and i put on a tight expandable then it shoots the same yeah that's not true
1: incorrect that's incorrect right it might shoot the same to 30 yards it might shoot the same to 40 yards but there's, a, there's a, a parabolic decay in the, uh, in the uh, drop, mm-hmm. okay, or an increase in the drop. So let's say at 40 yards, you hit a tenth of an inch off yep. of your field point. At 60 yards, that could be 4 inches. At 80 yards, that could be 11 inches. Wow. Right? So there's a huge increase in the drop just due to the drag on the arrow.
3: And we've been studying that with the Labradar. Mm-hmm. which is a gizmo that's yep, 12 by 12. Know and, chrono,
1: yep. Right, and we've been doing the
3: drag coefficients of different broadheads and shooting them down range and saying, wow, it's just a fact. We, it's known, it's not the same projectile.
5: Yeah, right.
0: It's, it's yeah, we know bigger it's, huh? and
3: less it's, aerodynamically it, it's, it's efficient. It's laziness, right? Right, so you gotta shoot, basically what he's saying very simply is if you're gonna shoot far, you gotta shoot broadheads.
1: You should practice with your broadheads. You should
3: not, you should have a practice set of broadheads.
1: Mm-hmm, right.
3: Or you just you're just living in a in a fantasy. Interesting. Not really.
4: I've always thought I've always had issues like growing up and going from you know different broadheads and arrows and bows that I'm always like, man. When it comes time to actually shoot this animal, like I can't believe more people aren't having like just just issues because they don't fly the same as I've been shooting all summer. Whether it's because of the the clothes that I'm wearing or because I've got a new broadhead and a lighted knock yeah, on there, right. like I've always noticed that it was it's kind of off, and I'm like. I'm I know there's guys that have tried to address that. I know like G5 came out with the broadhead to, as just, you know, Rage and several others that are like, hey, this shoots exactly the same as your, uh, you know, your field point. And they're trying to address that issue that I think you're talking about. No,
3: right? honestly, they're trying to address trying. it, but it's, yeah. the drag coefficient is still there. It's still inefficient compared to the, the bullet shape, perfectly sure. aerodynamic, well, pretty aerodynamic point. And this is a lot of the stuff that I've learned from him and <clears throat> been pretty amazed on, and then, when we started doing the downrange energy stuff, which is what I'm going to talk about tomorrow at 4:30, 30, um, that was mind boggling. So, I got tired of the elk guys. Mm-hmm. I got exhausted with people saying, I want to be able to shoot 60. I understand your aero system. The idea you have is probably better for big stuff. Mm-hmm. Got that. Okay. But I want to shoot 60. And then we did the energy graphs and the energy dump. The 388 grain arrow out of the fastest bow I own, okay, was running 295, I think, somewhere in there. And it launched at about 74 foot-pounds of kinetic energy. Mm -hmm. It hit at 52 at 60 yards. Wow. Now, all you need to do is go on this thing called the Internet, which apparently is going to be around for a while. It is. And look up kinetic energy values for expandable broadheads of the guys. They have more data the yeah. fixed blade guys aren't printing it because they're pretty efficient. Yep, And you're seeing numbers of 35, 45, 55 foot-pounds that they're printing in their literature as an opening value for the broadhead.
0: So if you're hitting sub at 52, that.
3: At, if you're hitting 52 foot-pounds of kinetic energy at 60 yards, which it's just math, you can't argue with math.
0: Yeah, it's not gonna open.
3: That's why their penetration dump, it has no extra wow. go. if those numbers are correct. When we push them through a raw hide, we're getting values of 100 foot-pounds, holding up an axis to your skin, and then you take a razor-sharp two-blade, fixed blade, push it by the knock and go like that, and it just shoots through the skin like nothing. So, it's become less of a war for me. I kind of have a reputation for calling them flappers and making fun of mechanical broadheads. That's fine. I don't... I'll always have that moniker. Fine. (laughs) But then...
2: Flippers. when you yeah right
3: that's what i call them so but then when you start doing the math which is just the last year it just doesn't start making sense and then what you see on video starts making a lot of sense
0: yeah what you're seeing from the actual so if results you're shooting
3: 20 yards yep. your, your bow launches at 75 or 80 foot pounds mm-hmm. gets to 20 it's at 60
0: still opens
3: 45 is wasted on opening you have 15 to keep going it's
0: crazy
5: we
3: should do it the other way around we should have a ten-pound broadhead yeah. on the front with fifty pounds of kinetic energy to still keep going. Yep. Because you don't know what you're going to hit. Yep. And I've become more passionate about it because of this clown over here, the Rocket Man. I love it. And doing the science. It's like just numbers, said, like I said. He said, "You know what you're doing, but you don't know what the hell you're talking about." Now I do. And it, the numbers are terrifying.
0: So what, I mean, we talk about broadheads here. I mean, are there other aspects of the arrow that are more critical, equal critical, or is the broadhead the most critical piece of that launch?
3: I think that the arrow flight's more critical and then a decent Agreed. broadhead on the front. So, so, sharp, a, so, so accuracy? Sharp aside, okay. sharp aside. No, yep. I, consistency is a different thing. Consistency. So I think I might be the only YouTube channel on the planet who offers a solution to bear shaft spend some time to get every arrow going the same way. So <clears throat> pick up Jake's arrow. Jake's arrow. Carbon arrows have a seam. Mm-hmm. This is known. People talk about the stiff side, da da da. There's some, there's some uh, vendors here who offer spine aligned. So they put them in a ram and the spine align them. Yep. So that the spine's all the same. It's so the stiff side and then it progressively changes. So think about it in quarter pieces, it's easier stiff up next softest theoretically the softest and then this one should match Bend the other way yep so as the seam goes around the, the arrow it'll go this way it'll go that way mm-hmm. it'll go that way it'll go that way mm-hmm. okay if you don't bear shaft them, then every arrow you shoot is either going to go that way or that way or that way or that way with a wing on the front Yep. And this guy always says, once it leaves the string, it's over. Your fate is doomed. There, what doesn't get better is basically the message.
1: Yeah, basically what we're saying is you want that. You The arrow's going to bend. It's being pushed. We know it's going to bend. We, we know, know it's, it's going to bend. bend. Yep. What you want is it to bend in the same direction every, every time. time.
0: Every time. Consistent. Mm-hmm.
3: Up, right, left, down. Mm-hmm. Whatever Honestly, you if you get them all bend the same, so, then they all shoot the same. So
0: how am I bear How am I bear shaft tuning? What What's the technique there?
3: So you just... Cut the fletchings off whatever you're shooting. Okay. Put up some paper, I seven yards is adequate. Seven. Doesn't mm-hmm. need to be much more than that. Beyond that, it really becomes you. Yep. So 20-yard bare shaft can be done, but you better be damn good, right? Yeah. And the wind and stuff can mess with you. So cut the just take one shaft, cut the fletchings off, and shoot it through a piece of paper and see what happens. If it tears four inches left, then your fletchings are masking that launch.
0: Interesting.
3: Okay, that being said, The fletchings may correct for it and make you think it's fine, but you've got a wing on the front. Gotcha. It bites into the atmosphere, takes off this way, the fletchings correct, and then it goes that way, and it's rotating, so it's doing loops, and it's not doing the same loop, so if they all launch the same, it may take off like that, and then they'll stabilize and be okay to a certain extent. Don't light me up there, Barnett. No, you're fine. <laughs> can you
2: can, you, can He's
0: you like, he's that? over there like, eh. can you see no, that no, with good. the naked eye though? Like, cause you know, I know personally, like if I'm shooting arrows, like every once in a while you'll get one and you're like, ah, no, that one was screwy. There. But, but there's a lot of them that I'm like, no, those all seem to fly the same. Can I see that?
1: No, typically we don't. Typically now we're shooting, every time we shoot, we run a 120 frames per second camera, at least off the shoulder. Okay. To see what's happening. So I can't,
0: I can't process that fast
1: Well, you, there's two aspects of this. One is you can't, I say this all the time. I'm going to say it here, too, that shooting the bow is very visceral. You shoot a light uh, arrow mm-hmm. out of a high-poundage bow, it's going to go extremely fast. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that's really cool. That is very lethal, right? But the fact is, that's near the bow, and you don't have any idea what it's like when it gets near the target. I just know
0: where it landed when yeah, I get up there. You know
1: where it landed when you get up there, but you don't know what, uh, what are the physics of it. Is it bending when it gets up there? Chances are, if it's a lightweight arrow, low-spined arrow, it probably is bending. And it's still bending after it hits the target, and after the penetration is stopped. Yeah, that's another that thing. It's still bending at
3: impact. They turn into bananas.
0: And does that mean, like, if even if I hit, let's say, directly behind the shoulder where I want, if it hits bending, can it come out? Sure. Back.
3: It can redirect. Yeah. So, do you all tune? Do, what do y'all do for tuning? I mean, we just shoot bear, shoot fletch through paper, or what do y'all? I mean, what do y'all do? Shoot
0: fletch through paper usually. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I won't say that I bear tune. I shoot fletch through paper. I'm watching to see which apparently it's gonna. Counterbalance, so I probably shouldn't see any tear, right? Sort of. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I I mean, at some point it corrects itself. Mm -hmm. So, no, obviously, like if my my rest or something's off, like I can tell tear left, low left, high right, whatever.
3: So, Um, here's another thing that the rocket man taught me, and we'll get, I love the, the arrow really helps.
5: Yeah, I love the arrow.
3: Okay, so. Not that anyone... Are these for sale?
5: Yeah, right. <laughs> if you want. This is
3: your actual arrow, right? This is the one you shoot? This is the one I shoot.
0: Holy oh, shit, I got to make some adjustments. Yeah, right.
3: <laughs> I have a rest this wide. So, not that anyone here has ever drifted in a ditch.
5: Uh, I did but last I night. I have. I did last uh, night. Yeah, right. Go. I buried this Perfect. son of a bitch. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So,
3: wasn't
5: when you my have fault, a car,
3: but... compared to a bow, you have an unlimited power supply to get you back corrected into the road. Yes. So, let's say you're having a great time and you drift into the ditch on the right-hand side. This is side. a great
0: story, Troy. Right? I just lived
5: this.
3: Go over the top, you punch the gas, you mm-hmm. drift exactly the same amount into the other ditch, and then you correct and go down the middle. Yes. Because you have brakes and gas and some control, and you're just screwing around, and you're not doing anything dumb, and you it, you intended to drift, mm-hmm. okay? You're just screwing around.
0: Sometimes you take out a mailbox, it's a Mailbox, okay.
3: whatever, deer, mm-hmm. vents, yeah, whatever. It right? happens. Your buddy, it's your buddy's truck, of course. You don't do they, yours, because you scratch it it's up. It's a
0: company vehicle. Right.
3: But. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> They don't, company cars never die. I had one yeah, They, they don't, never they don't die.
5: die. They'll be all right.
3: The problem with your arrow is, it is slowing down at launch. The minute it leaves the string, it is not ever gonna go faster. If it drifts into the ditch on the right hand side, and this is your shot line, mm-hmm. it loses speed, never overcorrects equivalently to the other side to ever go down the middle again. Hmm. So it goes out here, it's less over here, it continues to go out here, goes back, maybe back to the shot line, and takes off to the right in this instance, and then stabilizes. And you think, okay, well, I just need to move my rest. No. It's bending like a banana. This is a 400 spine arrow with a 70 pound draw, right? The fast, fast stuff. Yep. It never can overcorrect to get back to the shot line.
5: Gotcha. So if
3: you had pins that were at an angle, hey, Who cares? Shoot it over there. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Except it's a banana on impact.
5: Yeah. So there's just so
3: many things
4: So and is that spine alignment that we're trying to like address with that conversation? And so by bear shaft spine aligning, you're hoping to correct that. I don't or at
1: least had get consistency you out of get it? Consistency out of you it. Okay. So, so, so there's a technical term for this, and I'll go ahead and say it get for the us. viewers if they want to. Aerodynamic di- yep. jump. Aerodynamic jump. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. We get that. Okay. Yeah, Okay. And, and what is that? It's not the new dance craze. Okay. Could I mean, be. Uh, for engineers. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> good uh, one, Daryl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's an actual fact where the where the arrow is called swerves. It swerves off the bow in the direction that the head is pointed, and it moves. It has uh, inertia when it moves in that direction, right? Mm-hmm. And it never comes back on the shot line. And the, it's called the aerodynamic jump angle, is the direction that it heads off into. Mm-hmm. That's not the direction that the target's in. It's in the direction that it ultimately swerves back to. And so you're saying it's spinal alignment, and also like a large wing like. You know, double-bladed, fixed-blade broadhead is influencing that even greater? Uh, any broadhead on the front. Anything up, up front that has a wing on it, even mechanicals, uh, every arrow. But that would that be on a plane, though, right? Way. Like
4: this is going to influence it more, obviously, mm-hmm. than a, a small yeah, of course. mechanical yeah. broadhead. Okay, So I'll get
1: to how to tune for that. You okay, can tune for that. But uh, if you don't control the direction that that arrow bends to make it consistent every time, mm-hmm. it's going to jump in a different direction every time, and it's going to cause greater dispersion. So you could have
3: one go off sure. the shot line right, then drift in the ditch left first, and then try to come back, and they're going like this all downrange. So back to the original question is, what's more important? We need something sharp up front that doesn't explode. Yep. Structural integrity. head yep. exactly. we number one. Agreed. Okay, that's pretty agreeable. We mm-hmm. don't want our broadheads coming apart or dulling.
2: Mm-hmm. Easy. Yep.
3: But, if the arrows are completely inconsistent and one goes left, one goes right, one goes up, then you have this broadhead tuning nightmare and it just, it's flabbergasting. So then it opens up the miss. So we'll call a eight inch circle, a whitetail kill zone. That's 12 ring, right? Mm -hmm. You hit them there, Mm -hmm. right in the vital V, done. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Well, that arrow should have been right on the crease. And because of your arrow flight, it was two inches back and you thought you did okay. You don't even know that the aerodynamic system threw the arrow to the right. You said, I have a dead deer. And I aimed at that, and I hit it right where, kind of where I was aiming. Mm-hmm. But it's not.
0: The flight pattern isn't right. as true as you believe it is. Correct.
3: And that's the thing that's, in the last year, just, I mean, I've had my head spun off by this guy. And then when you back it up with the math, it's, it's, it's a hard war to fight. It, it, you, you just can't you're going to die on the hill so that's going to beat you every time <laughs>
0: can i ask a, a stupid question this will take me back yeah. a little bit <clears throat> just because i'm completely naive to this i i was actually really good at science except for physics i was freaking terrible at that yeah right lie. hey mom yeah uh i didn't say the f word though so <laughs> <about> you. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah you did <clears throat> uh so when i was younger right let's you know go back 20 plus years I remember like my dad and I were shooting bows and we, a uh, slow bows. Right. And yeah, sure. You know, maybe he was shooting double X 75s. I was mm-hmm. shooting like whatever I could always remember. And I, you know, part of it was probably inconsistency, but as I went like back in distance, right? 20 was 20, you're on true. Now, if I'm looking at a, mu- I'm talking about a multi-pin site, right? Right. All of those pins should be left and right in line. Right. And theoretically. Just, mm-hmm. you know, theoretically and go down. Right. I can vividly remember both myself and my dad. I would look at our sites and I'm like, this one's in, this one's, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's in, and it's as you back up, right? It's not yeah, every right. shot. Like right. 20 was 20 and then it was like, this one's it. I Is Is it because like what we're talking about here and that- yep. That's throwing it off essentially. But you don't so, see sites
3: anymore that have that adjustability. So like, yeah, I had the same thing. Cause, cause like, I just li- backed up to 30 and said the pin goes there. I don't care. Yeah, do you, well, do like, you think they even had that insane.
4: adjustability on purpose back then, or that's just how they built the pins?
3: I think that's just how they built them. And then
4: there was user error involved. Yeah, about, yeah right? I remember my dad's was the same way. I was like, why is the one? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm not in Daryl's class of education here, but I can, I know that. So 25 <laughs> yards, know, so 25 yards, you
3: kind of Kentucky winded it in between. Well, uh, yeah. So it yeah. would be,
4: yeah. So you would have, he took you know, the average of here, the pins and then, right. <laughs> uh, that's
0: right. yeah, 30 would be like, maybe just a couple hairs in. Right. And uh-huh. then like 40 was a little, uh, uh, you weren't shooting
4: past 30 yards back.
0: Then. No, you aren't. But uh, in theory is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you they wouldn't. And like, obviously, like I shoot a single pin and it's like, no matter where it is, like it's right. straight, it's true. Right. So, but that's, you know, and of course. Back then, I don't you know who knows why So that means
3: that the arrow was swimming going down range as we were. Yeah. So that means and it's, rolling and, and rolling. rolling. It is. Okay. So that at impact, if you have the pins chainsawed, Yeah. You should be terrified what's going to happen at impact. Cause that means the arrows. Well,
5: you swimming know, like this. And I
0: feel a little bit bad cause I'm sure I eventually gave my dad shit. And I was like, man, you just can't hold worth a damn. Like it's right, just you're right. inconsist- but Absolutely. it's actually the arrow flight. The performance of the arrow. Yeah, that's why I
3: said I've I went from kind of broadhead focused, more higher mass. The higher forward to center arrows are more stable, generally speaking. But you have still have to go through the process. So aerodynamically, mathematically, a higher forward to center arrow is a more stable projectile. And remember, Ed says this all the time: they're always flying.
5: Yep. In the
3: air, and they're flying in meat. Mm -hmm. So if they are not stable on impact, they're not stable on impact. And then they can't fly through meat. Back to your point is if it hits a little wonky, it could redirect. Yep. I just saw a video somebody sent me of some guy shooting a pig that was about hundred pounds, some little, you know, zoomer running around and it went hit the hit the pig, you see the expandable hole and the arrow, the pig turned <laughs> towards the camera and the arrow went behind it. It went it literally just took a made a U turn.
4: And isn't it really it's it's the loss of momentum when that happens that's the real concern, not necessarily the the redirection, correct? Even though that is concerning, it's the fact that you're losing all of the momentum that's gonna carry it through the end. So you're losing then the we,
3: momentum that you have when it hits and then starts to redirect, it redirects at impact. Mm. Yeah. But it that's, doesn't redirect halfway flight through. flight path,
0: right? I mean, right. the redirect is not coming from momentum loss, it's coming from flight path.
3: Right, right. but then it sucks all the momentum out, right? Yeah. Well, because it's, it's like if you hit something sideways.
4: sideways versus you know right. straight through it, yeah. just, this is obviously gonna carry through. It We've all miss
3: hit a nail. It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, it's yeah. from the back, but it's the same basic concept. You got okay. a straight nail; you hit it, it goes sideways.
0: So, I mean, because the big thing that I think, if, if there is an educated market on this currently in in the bow hunting sector, especially, it's you know everybody talks FOC, FOC, right? And that's probably the Which, that's the
4: calculations we've done, right? Uh, is FOC? Are, are you guys like you know? I'm sure you've seen that. Like in the past, what's it been? Two, three years now. That mm-hmm. like for for me, it was that uh, those East of Full Metal Jackets. Granted, I'm, I'm younger than you guys are, so I know that... You could be my child. Back man. in the day, I'm 20, 28.
3: I know, I'm 53. I have a 26-year-old.
4: <laughs> dad's 54. So, listen, all that to, to say, I know that back in the day that guys used to shoot heavy arrows all the time in big fixed-blade broadheads, and that right. was a thing. Yeah, the Easton Full Metal, metal Jackets before, were that before kind of Before the speed became like what, what guys wanted. But then, just more recently here, it was that Easton Full Metal Jacket that started to get guys to consider heavier setups again. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, anyways, that was the mm-hmm. first time that I was like, oh, like, why would you shoot a really heavy arrow? And then we start hearing about, like, the grizzly sticks and, and you know, and Ranch Ferry we came across. And so I'm, you know, we're aware of, like, a leaning back in that uh, direction. Is that something that you guys are, like, stoked to see in the industry? I mean, do you think that's going in the right direction? I think
3: it's good for our business because we're going to start shooting arrows under the dirt. Yeah, And people are going to not track anymore. My goal is never to blood trail.
5: I you like shoot that.
3: and you hear foomp.
5: Yeah, I love that.
4: I
3: don't want to I don't like blood trailing. I don't so, want to be
4: good at it. So here it. here's where I stand on it. I 100% agree with everything you've said up until this point. Mm-hmm. When we first started, you know, exploring that, we're like, what is this FOC? We came across some guys that were like, uh, you know, unless you're shooting a, a fixed-blade broadhead and you're shooting a 650 grain arrow, like you're doing it wrong.
3: No. You know,
4: and, and I kind of got a weird taste of, like, well, okay, I understand penetration, and that's absolutely important. Yep. You know, but I'm shooting primarily whitetails, and, and frankly, yes, I want to pass through, uh, but at, at what point are you sacrificing, like, a cutting surface for overkill momentum? You know, is, so, so that, that would be my argument yeah, towards... Yeah, no, I, got, I get this a uh, ...mechanical. Yeah, it's okay. fine, so...
3: It's the fine, first it's thing. Yeah, it's, it's okay. I get this all the yeah, time. You suck, but it is okay. <laughs> so one thing I got to start preaching, and I'm going to do it here, is I haven't ever – 650 is unbelievable.
4: Yeah. On meat, 700 what, what, what are we, Jeremy? I'm, I'm 470. Right. You're so, probably 430 thirty. 435, 440. I'm shooting an 80 pounds. That would be shooting 70. Right. So, yep.
3: We just had a lady shoot 60 pounds and spot and stalk a Cape Buffalo. We had a lady shoot a Cape Buffalo with a 44-pound recurve with an 800-grain arrow and shot through it. Wow. And wait a lady kill okay Buffalo with 50 pounds and 750 now, grains and shoot through it.
0: And obviously, you know, maybe I'm stating the obvious, like they're sacrificing distance of course. for that setup, right? Right. Which is, is it? And I, I mean, again, to your point, Jared. How so? What do you mean? Well, the, if it's a big, heavy arrow like that on a 44-pound recurve, yep. she's not it's shooting. Yeah, the she, had to,
4: she had to
3: limit her shots, right? I had this discussion with. There's Aaron a Snyder. sick
0: feeling though, and and listen, I don't mind. I'm not going to call it the name, but I, we talked about it on a podcast recently. These guys shooting 118 yards at at animals with I a bow. I don't
3: think that's you
0: know because they think that they okay. can. And I get it that there's a there's an accuracy point. Yeah, these there, are, these but, are outliers.
3: Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, but I
0: mean, how many guys? No, no. The way that the bow manufacturing has gone has put a false confidence into anybody that goes and picks up a new no, bow I that they could that. shoot no. 60, 70 too yards. Far. Sure. Yeah. I it's mean, I, a, most of the deer I've killed has been under thirty.
4: Well, that's primarily. Shit, really. So, so I'll address
3: your question. Yeah, please. So, um, it, and you understand understand what I'm saying? Everything right? works when you hit them right. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And I don't plan for right. Yep. So that's why I won't. I just don't shoot anything under 600 anymore because I'm used to it. Okay. It's normal to me now. Okay. I'm shooting 50 yards right now with 730 grains because I'm going nail guy hunting next week yep. or next month, and nail guy are six or seven hundred pounds and make an elk look like a cream puff, you know. So, I've always said try to get your four to center to 16 percent, okay, and try to get to 550, but it's got to fly. Yeah. So if 500, it's got to fly. It's got to fly, bear shaft. Okay. So at 500 flies bear shaft and 550 does, doesn't, go, back, go 500. back. Don't shoot a crappy arrow because you're gotcha. trying to ranch very heavy the thing, right?
4: Okay. But what, what about speed, Troy? What do, you, what do you look at as far as it's obviously got to fly. You I do not, not care about speed. The kinetic
3: energy values are so high with what I'm You shooting, don't care about speed.
4: It doesn't matter. And it does, again, it limits you to a distance. 50 yards? 50 <laughs> yards an hour <laughs> so, so would you say the same for like a Western? So, you know. If you're going on a hunt where it's very likely you could have a 60- or 70-yard shot at an, an elk, let's say.
3: So, right. Uh, I'm old, so bear with me. This is this is fun with all you guys who have wound up on your testosterone at a young age. No, that's just his pre-workout. <laughs> right, I got that. That's his pre-workout. I'm just messing with you, man. No, but so seriously. <laughs> I talked to Aaron Snyder about this, yep. and he said, so you're telling me if you go out west and you go elk hunting, you're going to shoot a 650 or 700 grain arrow?" And I said, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to shoot 40. I'm, I'm going to... There's a lot of... He... And I said, Aaron, stop before you try to keep going here. And he's hard, got to stop. I said, you shoot a stick bow. Your point on is 32. You just told me that. And you shoot 580 grains. How far do you ever shoot? And he went, kind of got me. Yeah. Right? You got me. Yeah. He, because of the stick bow, has to be disciplined enough to shoot 40. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to plan for is when they step on you. And I'll... I, I mean that's why I, we, I'm that's not why we very politically correct. Anyways. So I saw a video of John Dudley shoot an elk at like f- ten yards. Yeah, and the arrow almost fell out at impact. <laughs> the man is six five. He's got more velocity than anybody in here. Yep. Yeah. And the arrow went in about seven inches on yep. this big bull. And I just want to text him and say, "Bro, I can fix that." Yeah. It was right there. It walked out of the bushes right in front of him, and the arrow just stopped. Yeah, and I think that's That's the shot I'm going to plan for.
4: Well, and that's what I guess i will just give up 60. So how far in that direction do you have to go? Because I hear what you're saying, and I agree with that. I think so. If it's 600 pounds and it's close range, yeah, you're in great shape. Yeah. But, you know, if you could shoot a 500-grain setup out to, you know, 60 yards efficiently with a good speed and still get that same— uh outcome you know why why wouldn't you because they have a
3: humerus and they have an elbow knuckle and they have pretty stiff shoulder blades sure. and I'm
4: not that good
0: so, so you're you're planning for the market I'm planning a potential for me making marginal a and yeah. hoping
3: to God that my system will would, handle it well and
0: yeah. and so not that it's like, just a totally different mindset you know, well what, but, what kind
4: of can I just ask what kind but, of rod hair are you shooting To I'm
3: shooting a tough head three uh, 225 grain tough head single bevel that's three and a half inches long by an inch and eighth wide hand sharpened, okay. great steel, has a 100 grain adapter in it, yep. and I have a 100 grain insert in the shaft. So I'm shooting 500 grains up front or something.
0: So here, here's where I was gonna flip that, because this is, uh, you <coughs> shoot, the reason you shoot your setup, is I think the same reason that Jared and I shoot our setup, and in particularly the broadhead, which is we shoot expandable, so crucify us if you want. That's fine. Um, because I, I shoot for a marginal
4: hit to where I can't find blood. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's what took us away from fixed plates. So, well, here, yeah, let's I'll I'll talk about our setup. So, like, obviously, you know, not as much science uh, backing behind okay. it, but this this is how we came to it. We shot uh, fixed plates for. A, long a while a while yeah we were shooting uh, Ramcats and
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah
4: yeah a couple other what we thought were solid fixed blade broad i still do i still think they're good broadheads and uh you know we weren't shooting any kind of weighted arrows or anything mm-hmm. like that yep. and when we started to, to learn about you know we heard about these Easton and full metal jackets i started to you know i talked to some guys at like ethics archery and some of these companies you probably heard of mm-hmm. and so i'm like oh, this is you know this is pretty cool this makes a lot of sense and so uh we started building our arrows for for penetration. You know, mm-hmm. that was my main thing. It seems like man, this arrow really seems to be the thing that is affecting our penetration. Not necessarily mm-hmm. although it does have an impact the, the broad broadhead. Head. Yeah. So like, you know, based on our poundage and stuff, so so like my setup is I'm shooting a eighty pound Hoyt carbon uh, you know Rx X five. RX 5 mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, I've got a victory vap beautiful two fifty. Yep. Okay, stiff arrow, uh, like micro diameter, and I've got an ethics archery outs are, uh yep. on the end of it. So yep. my my total setup is like 470 grains. Yep. And uh, so in my opinion, and, and this is just f- from talking to guys, you know, and obviously I'm still learning. So I may change something based on our mm-hmm. conversation today. That's going to penetrate almost anything. Uh, and, and I can shoot that effectively out to 60, 70 yards. I'm yep. still I'm still getting about uh, you know 296 feet per second, which gets me comfortably out to 60, 70.
3: You know how fast it's going at 60.
4: No, at that distance. Can we tell you? Not exactly. No. Two forty. Well, okay, and well, but listen though. No. Two fifty. So, so the main thing that pulled us out of these fixed blade broadheads was ev- even at you know close range, 30, 40, 30, 40 yards on a, on a whitetail. Um, you know, we were having some issues with, with just blood trails. Mm-hmm. Um, where were
3: you shooting them? What's your shot play? What what do you aim? Well, I mean, ideally, so double ideally they're double long. What's lung,
4: that? But what's what?
3: Wait, 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 if a deer's broadside, what are you aiming at?
0: just behind the How shoulder? far behind the crease two inches
3: okay that's the rear that's that's the, the lobe three and five and liver but it's a that's why you're there. Say, say it again what do you mean so physiologically uh-huh. there's five there's five lobes in the lungs mm-hmm. okay and you're shooting the back two mm-hmm. and the other three are fine and they're in the forward mm-hmm. if you shoot fixed blade broadheads and move forward and shoot them right on front right in front of the crease
0: and so you're shooting. They're
3: going from here. They're going forty yards.
0: You're putting it right through, and because you're confident with that, that momentum and that kinetic
4: energy to push through.
3: Your arrows would do it too,
4: because yeah. I mean, I will. Well, ours say are doing I'm that. Not. Like like anymore, I'm shooting for almost shoulder blade. Like I'm not worried about. Well, there's I, a whole. Well, in listen, there. here's where you're really gonna kick me. Yeah, yep. exactly. That's what I'm aiming for. Yep. And I'm we're shooting those uh, Rage tripans. Yep. And uh, the reason for that is, I know it's not the most durable broadhead out there. Obviously, you could yep. go out and get a, yep. a single bevel yep. and. From a penetration standpoint, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. But my thinking is, like, uh, you know, my arrow is going to penetrate damn near everything I shoot it at. Mm-hmm. What I want to compensate or to complement that is a big cutting surface with, yep. a, with a blood trail. Because yep. I've lost your that I know died mm-hmm. uh, just because I didn't have that blood trail. Yep. So for that reason, you know, we're shooting mechanicals. Yep.
3: That's fine. I, I, I don't care. When, well, what when I'm
4: looking for is... they
3: start failing, call me.
4: <laughs> I mean, <they> have. <laughs> well, just like that, anything, they until have. Until
3: that point... I don't know that you need me, right? But I'm here. I'll be here. So. Well, but I
0: mean, there is a, a perfect example. There's
3: good shots. Sure. Everything works.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but well, I obviously, mean, there's not
4: one right way. Like I, we there, all know that. There's
0: plenty of. I mean, I've shot close distance deer with that same setup, um, and essentially got, you know, seven inches of penetration, single lung. You know, because I hit something right that I wasn't shooting straight down. That's basically,
3: inconsistent deployment of the of the broadheads. All that is.
0: It slowed down, took all the kinetic energy away. Well,
3: the blades don't open the same. So ideally, a mechanical broadhead hits a perfectly flat surface yep. at a perfectly perpendicular angle, and they both deploy at perfectly the same time. This is time. what I want to
4: hear. What, what is the symptom you're saying? You saw what happened? Straight down on so, that buck on the mountain, single long,
0: yep. and you know, I got six, in, six inches of penetration. It was at six yards with so that what, same setup. Yeah,
3: right. So what so, happened is that the blade, one of the blades hit the tissue and opened. Mm-hmm. The other blade did not. Then that blade hit tissue, the ass into your arrow kicked down. Mm-hmm. Then the other one deployed, mm-hmm. the ass into the arrow kicked up, and it just sucks all the momentum out of it. Mm. Just take one, just do this. Go to your house, put it, whatever you're shooting, put it in your target at a quartering angle,
2: mm-hmm. and
3: push it in real slow and watch it. Mm-hmm. And the inside blade will deploy. It will lay flat on the skin, whatever, target. Yep. The other one will be sitting there.
5: Mm.
3: And as you go in, the other one will deploy. Then it will deploy. And so what happens is the back of the shaft, it hits at an angle, this deploys, this does not, this is an open airspace, and the shaft goes like that. Got it. And then it opens and the shaft goes like that.
0: And there's no momentum, sucked out. Right, that's my biggest problem
3: with mechanical broadheads is that is not something you're gonna beat.
0: Which, frankly, is why I've avoided, and Jared has too, some of the mechanical broadheads that function primarily on exits. Because, frankly, you don't get them,
4: like yeah. sh- like no, no, Schwacker. Like not
0: about. to like pick on them, but like when that I when that, that goes shot. in, I've had
3: terrible luck. With those <laughs> when that
0: goes into the body cavity, right? It's a it's a fill point. There's hole. no entry, and if you don't get an exit,
3: there's no, there's blood. no blood. I had them, um, and
0: it opens like this and sucks. So I had kind of
3: those out. and over the tops, shoulder shooting pigs. So the problem with pigs is you have to shoulder shoot them. The physiology is not
0: there. It's all jammed up behind that.
3: It is what button. it is. Yeah, and people shoot them three inches behind the crease all the time. So, show me the video, and I'm like, don't even go. Straight guts. In fact, the son of a gun's probably fine. <laughs> like they'll Jeez. just shake that off. I mean, you'd be amazed how durable they just come back. So unless shot,
0: you get it in behind, past it's got to be in front
3: of the crease and low. Well,
0: yeah, because like has I to would be. say. You know, and Jared's probably too. We, we wouldn't penetrate that shoulder blade on a homic. Right,
3: on a nail guy, I'm going to have to shoot him in the same place. Because the physiology's not back. Yep, I yeah. could shoot an arrow through one.
4: Interesting. But well, so it gets so to be challenging. What you're saying about the mechanicals concerns us, too. You know, yes. frankly, of our whole setup, that's the thing I'm, you know, least, least sure about. Like, oh, I guess I am sure that they, they malfunction sometimes. And so, like, based on what you're saying, you know, if we could shoot a fixed blade, that had the cutting diameter which would give us the blood trail of you know, this this rage tripan. And I knew that it would fly as consistently as these rages are.
3: Well you're shooting eighty pounds, you already have a is hard. I have a lot of people who have tuning issues at eighty. Okay. So I don't know what the problem is at eighty. Maybe it's just blowing out the spine. What do you think when we go up in poundage?
1: Well, I think not tuning correctly. I think it's coming off the bow in a in a state that leaves it in a bad condition when it gets to the target right.
4: yeah right so Ma- the one- mainly from sp- spine tuning that, that is certainly one thing that mm-hmm. as and with a bear shaft yeah. that's something jeremy and i are not yeah, doing man, that not. i do think w- would help yeah no it would
3: help a lot it would help your fixed blade work too right and then you get something like a magnus stinger or the, or the, the that little black hornet what's the, this the magnus black hornet
2: yeah okay
3: i call that thing the foamer it is nasty really? it makes holes and stuff.
0: Well, I mean, you're making a a point here, Troy, that is (laughs) frankly, it's the same point that Jared and I had when we built this setup, Uh, and I'm not saying it's perfect, but it was that, you know, ultimately, I'm not a world-class archer, and I'm going to make mistakes, and I'm going to make a marginal shot, right? Right. And so my solution and Jared's solution was, oh, let's cut a big hole on entry and, like, follow blood. Yours
4: is, I just want to make sure it hits dirt on the other side, and it's probably going to kill which and and let's talk about the same critter like you're shooting pigs which i think if we were doing that we'd also be shooting those six plays yeah you're
3: not shooting under 600 grains coming to my place yeah i will hand you my arrows yeah because what happens to people inevitably is one of my big ones comes out Mm -hmm. and i've had this happen twice last year bonk yeah with fixed plays they just hit something hard Interesting. And they stop.
0: So where, where would we, if we're just whitetail guys primarily, because that's what we are, and let's say we're shooting 40 and in, I mean, what, what, what's a sweet spot there for, for it, weight? I and, would
3: have you at 550. I would All I would do is load the front. I really? would not shoot a full metal jacket.
5: Right, we I don't. I would
3: shoot a light carbon. You're shooting victories. Yep.
5: Yeah. Those victories. are great.
3: The outsource systems are great. They're good stuff.
5: Yep, that's what we're shooting.
3: I would, I would shoot 550. Remember what I said? 500 to 550. And to do that, more. we're limiting
4: range, and we're okay with that.
3: You're still gonna be able to shoot them 60. Open your pins up a little bit. They're gonna fly. They're not gonna slow down as fast. Well, and see what we okay. know So you're still gonna have you're gonna have your 60 yard shot. What we noticed too huh?
0: is, and you you and I talked about this when we when we first got into FOC and given we're not Daryl, so like we're just trying to do our best and understand FOC. Yeah, yeah. The moment we embraced FOC, I remember shooting the first few arrows out of this, and I'm like, oh well, shit, look, that look flies here. great.
4: This buck right here is is one of the main uh, reasons why you got to do this <laughs> that we that we started considering this. This is a big, you know, we think 10 and a half year old Kansas Beautiful whitetail yeah. that Jeremy stuck in the shoulder uh, yep. with our lightweight setups before that's we started why, doing anything. That's why I'm
3: planning for that and break him.
4: And uh, so so that's what got us on this this course and uh, I just I hate
3: seeing that. This is your this story. Hey, not as the, much as we do. It's, it's the same it's story I had I with do. with <laughs> the big hogs, right? Yeah. I killed a popin' young deer 15 years ago and I don't care to kill another one. I don't know what the hell happened to me. I caught a nine and a half foot tiger shark in the surf after doing it for 15 years and I don't care to catch a 14 footer. I just am weird. I am currently gonna catch a 10 pound bass on a 30 inch speckled trout. That's my current problem And then you in move life, on. And then I'll move on. What about hogs? But I, did, I love shooting them. So well,
0: I mean, the world needs you to shoot them. They need
3: it, right. So this deer is the same story of my pigs. Hmm. You kill the four points. Yeah. You kill the call bucks. Yeah. Your does always get hit right for some reason. Yeah. This guy doesn't get hit right. No. That's the deer I'm planning for you to have a chance to yeah. shatter.
0: Well, and I guarantee with the setup you're talking about, I probably would have killed that deer.
3: Did you Was the broadhead in him when you got him? Or is this a shed? That's a shed. Oh, he's still out there. Uh, it yeah, went right, dead into dead the hmm. right into
4: the we knuckle. Low. Right into the knuckle. We saw him the next year. He was.
3: He put he. his oh, he leg yep. back, and mm-hmm. I mean,
4: I just... Choom,
3: yeah, so Aaron Warbritton cut, cut one and cut the humorous ball in half that, two years ago on one that was a
0: big... Was that I, that Iowa buck? hmm The one that was kind of quarter and two or whatever? Yeah. Hit a
3: stick, redirected, hit the humorous ball, split it, and went to the Called other side. Called
0: a tracking dog because he thought it was going to be so right, far. He and it was me, like...
3: He sent me that video after he shot that deer, and he said, what do you think? And I said, is that the one Jake shot? Because Jake lost the deer. Yeah. And he said, no, I shot that deer five minutes ago. And I said, the arrow is in him. Because you could see the arrow carry with the deer it yep. didn't slap
5: Yep. so it the was deer jumped in.
3: so it's in him i said yep. he's dead he's 60 yards away he said everybody else says he's uh you know you hit the bone yeah I, I mean said, You're I was shooting worried 630 I grains in a single bevel, bud i think he's 60 yards away he said we called the dog i said fine right they know not to go in don't stomp around yep. don't yep. confuse the dog they backed out
2: we
4: talked to chain last right. week
3: so i was like great i mean why not yeah right If you watch the video of his hunt, the dog comes out and you see it go like this. It's already got the deer because the wind's blowing uphill. The deer went downhill. You see the dog.
4: They ended up getting that deer. Yeah, it
0: was. It It literally was like right over the edge. They like looked and it was right there. Gotcha.
3: And that's why Warbs. I mean, he shot completely through an elk, full length too. And so he's kind of sold on the stuff.
0: Interesting. But we, it's
3: these deer. Yeah.
0: yeah, for sure, man. When your brain's not this working. This is that out. single lung deer that I killed. This was an <coughs> eight and a half year old mountain deer. I mean, this the head on this thing is a monster, right? Yeah. And that deer ran for two miles with one lung outside of its body. And I basically had
4: to give it a heart attack for it to die. But, Seriously. like it, I chased it until it fell over. I never got another so shot. that was it.
3: the deer we talked about where it just yeah. didn't go in? Yeah. yeah. But right.
4: before we get too far from it, I want to know, because you're saying... You would even increase the weight on on our setups, which which we know may not limit distance that much, but will definitely decrease speed. Correct.
3: Right, but your momentum will go up. Your momentum values will go up even higher.
4: You're going to talk about reactions. Well, <sighs> that that's where I'm trying to draw the line in the sand. Is like, yeah, yeah where's the balance? I want point? momentum. Yes, absolutely. I want penetra- I want to pass through that thing every single time. But if I can complement that with a serious blood trail, which to me means a big cutting surface, mm-hmm. I want to. You know, and so. Well, that's what um, i was going to ask about your broadheads well, and also on the topic of speed though like that that concerns because i actually was shooting 125 grain broadhead instead mm-hmm. of 100 um, and i had a heavier ethics ulcer the year mm-hmm. before last mm-hmm. and, and you know i just was kind of lobbing and i just i didn't like it i didn't like what could happen between me and an animal 40 yards away yeah the
3: jump the string thing is interesting so i talked to grant woods about this
4: but not just jump in the string but just movement just anything. move, but
3: typically they're rolling away or yep, trying to something. do something. Yeah, yeah. They hear it coming. Reaction. Sure. I'm convinced they hear the arrow. Yes. I think they hear the bow and don't okay, know what that see, is.
4: Okay, well, see, I've had some conversations, and I've had some weird conversations with guys that are like, listen, I don't care if that thing's going five miles an hour. They will not hear it, and they will not move. Mm-hmm. They're wrong. And that's an exaggeration, Just go stand by a and tree and have
3: somebody shoot by you.
4: What you could- I'm saying, though, is just things happen, whether they hear it or not. Let's say they don't hear it, if they're if they're just moving at all, things happen, you know, between right. here and 30 yards away. Right. And so, in my mind, I want to retain some speed for that reason. Yeah, you're gaining 20 feet per Accuracy. second.
3: Accuracy. You're, you're not gaining 100 feet per second. Okay. You're gaining 20.
4: It's so a small, small sacrifice. So that distance. I don't know saying. that
3: it makes a difference. And then secondarily, the deer's reaction is a muscular reaction. It is not gravity. Right, right, right. So, there's a couple of videos out there where people proved that Newton was right. They have something they drop. Mm. They average the drop. It is not that at
4: all. Oh, that's interesting. They
3: are physically moving their bodies and saying, Reaction. I've done this shit before, yeah. and I'm four years old, and some stuff's chase me. Yep. I'm getting the hell away and find out later. Yep. So on video, I have 100% jumps. Every pig I've shot's jumped. I've got shoot forward. I've got roll. I've got drop. And then the worst is... The drop and roll. The
0: drop and roll, yeah. yeah.
3: It's the worst. So here comes your projectile, and it's hitting a moving target.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And then the broadhead doesn't deploy evenly. Yep. And the ass of the arrow goes that way, and the target's going down and rolling, further expanding the amount of arrow wobble. Yeah, I call it impact paradox, yep. but at impact. So the broadhead system's a little inefficient. Mm-hmm. And we will never there's no math that says they always drop four inches. No. Because you'll see people miss completely miss a deer. The deer just jumps out of the way. We've all had it happen probably.
0: Yeah. Yep. Right? I've shot I've had them wheel at me.
3: Right. And a friend of mine shot at a diker in Africa three times and the arrow <laughs> went through dirt. I mean, literally there's a dust ball. Boom, and it came back and boom, fifteen yards. And he was shooting a fast arrow. And they were it was gone.
5: Just so <laughs> reacting. In like, a pip fast. line. Right? Yeah.
3: So since we don't know, once again, we're trying to narrow the variables. Yeah. One of the variables is we don't know where they're going or what they're going to do, or they're going to stand there and take it like a man. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll take that. We love that one. Yeah, we I'll love like that. One, right? So we're got, we've got the, one of the variable things we can take out of it is can this aero system handle something that's unknown?
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And unfortunately, for the, for the mechanical broadheads, you really aren't shooting far enough forward. And in my opinion, it's probably smart. You, you should say shoot that the crease with well, a mechanical. Well, because if
0: you shoot forward, you're gonna hit
4: bone and you're screwed.
3: Well, the, the Vital V's that big on a deer.
4: Yeah. Oh, I see. So you're saying we should be shooting further forward and a lot of times the mechanical doesn't allow for that.
3: Because you know so what you're you saying. know from history mm-hmm. that it's better a little bit behind the crease, it's right. softer back there. Right. The rib cage physically is less. Yep. Mm-hmm. The ribs are lighter.
0: That deer right there, um, <laughs> I shot with a fixed plate. I shot that deer with a ram cap. This was within that same time frame of this deer. And I shot that deer forward, in my mind, forward, right? And that deer went thirty-five yards and caught up. And I mean it you was You shouldn't be shooting smirked. behind what
3: you see there. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I shot right through the middle of that.
3: Right. So you see where the leg goes up. Yep. The humerus bone goes across. You can see the V, the V's on that deer right there. Yep. You can see that line going up. Yep. That's the edge of the shoulder blade. Behind that's rib cage. You should be shooting right in that pocket with a system that'll do it. And yeah. I
0: did with that deer. Then the next deer, that deer, I end up hitting that humerus bone,
4: and no doubt. Right, go. but
3: then you had the downhill deer shot in where you're supposed to, and it still didn't work. So, what, what I'm it's hearing it's no, really twice. tough. It's a, it's a hard equation. It, it, it
4: does a, sound like you're generally in agreement with our thought process on this. Maybe, maybe not the mechanical. The I don't up, like the
3: mechanicals because of the deployment problem.
4: But you understand why, why we're shooting it, yeah, yeah. Right. Are you having issues with blood trails ever?
3: They don't go anywhere. Because
4: huh. you're you're, I'm shooting them forward.
3: I'm, I'm trying to cut their heart off. So
4: yeah, Let, well, it, see, uh, cause I'm more concerned with accuracy. Like I, I know that it's not perfect every time. So and here's well, where you need go- to cut
3: the fletching off and See
0: here, sure. Where, that definitely yeah. is
4: something I think would help. Here's where I'm going though, based on what Troy and
0: Daryl yep. are telling us is we're because we're shooting mechanicals, we're already aiming too far back. So then if we're marginal, we're probably
4: back even further. Well,
3: that's correct. Absolutely. Versus,
4: if if we shoot, we're maybe I should be, the but I, I'm not. Like that, I shot a I shot a, a buck in Ohio this year that was quartering towards me at like eight yards. I mean, he was right there. And uh, granted, you know, I've i shot on a, ha- a handful of deer with this this arrow setup and stuff, mm-hmm. but I put that sucker right there. And I mean, he was he was right here, and I got a, a full pass through yeah, right. it, dirt behind it. Right. As of now, I haven't had an issue with or haven't changed, like, my aiming based on that that broadhead Mm -hmm. setup. And I I think it's going to go through everything.
0: And I would agree. I would say based on this conversation. And and also,
4: Troy, I'm an extreme, too. Like, I'm shooting an 80-pound. Well, see, that's where I
0: was going to say. I think as you go further down range, I bet you don't have that much success. uh, Because most of your kills have been... Well, we don't want to shoot. Point.
3: I don't think we should be shooting far anyway.
0: Sure. Yeah, but I would I, agree with that. I did not say far 50, 40, 50 yards with his setup. He, he would kill the deer if he hits the right spot, but I don't think he's going to get the clean pass or his. Yeah. Cause Pro- probably well, probably What probably you're not. saying, what's the drop-off there for something even like his so, bow? So from back to the math. Energy.
3: The faster we go, the more they drag.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. What, why is that? Because. When they drag the same? No. Okay.
1: No, they won't. The drag is proportional to the square of the velocity, v squared. Okay. So you go up two times in velocity. You go up four times in the drag. You go up okay. three ah. times in the velocity. You go up nine times in the drag. And what effect does that have? So what does that drag That's when, you meet, when you hit meat. Second.
3: When you hit meat going super fast, the drag goes up exponentially. Yeah. There's okay. a lot. Of,
1: yeah. It's a, it's of a weird
3: deal because you have to fly it. Right, you can't shoot one foot per second, that's not going to work,
4: yeah. But it's not ever going to be a net negative,
1: right? You're st- it's still, it's not going to be what you expect, sure. I can promise you that. So, sure. like,
4: Jared set
0: up with an 80 pound, he's shooting 70 grains probably heavier than I am on an arrow. I'm 470 shooting 470 is my total. Setup. You're shooting what 295 feet per second ish, yeah. I'm probably shooting uh 280s, low 280s on yep. mine, yep. But... I'm probably slower than him, so I would effectively have less drag on my setup
1: than... You'll have less drag. That doesn't mean that uh, by the time you get to the target, he'll be going slower than you. That's probably not true. He's got more momentum. Which is what I mean by you you can't have a net negative. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And and so the right way to do that is get a lab radar. Shoot your arrows. Learn, you know, know what you're doing at the target, not at the bow. Who cares what happens at the bow? I don't care what bow you use. Sure. Right? I care what's on the front of that arrow and what happens when it hits the animal. So are you right? setting
0: that lab radar uh, or any Corano like right over the like part of the target you're aiming for?
1: No, I set it, uh, we set it right next to the bow. And it'll, oh. it'll and then uh, it
3: measures five distances that oh. you set. And then it's, it's actually catching the, so we go 10, 20, 30, 40. And you put the target at 50 uh-huh. and you got to catch it flying you don't want to catch it hitting the target right
4: and, and what are you doing with that information you find out okay here's here's the speed downrange. uh-huh and what then you-,
3: you can reverse engineer the kinetic energy out of the speed that you have at 40 or 50 yards that's why i said um my bow was running 75 or 78 foot pounds with a 388 out of arrow the arrow at launch yeah, out of and the bow, at yeah. 60 it's 53 foot pounds of kinetic energy wow hmm. it erodes that much so, one of the things that's interesting, and we'll have to do this, whenever we figure out how to, we're trying to figure out how to measure broadheads exiting. Yeah. We think we got it whooped. So, we'd like to shoot, like I can snare pigs, and we can just get pig carcasses and cut the chest walls off. Yeah. They won't be perfectly consistent, yeah, but at least it's a critter. Yeah. We'd like to shoot at impact, known velocity, we know what that is, and then catch them coming out and try to figure out how to measure that. The labrador won't shoot this way.
2: Right.
3: So that would be easy but it doesn't work i think that your arrow hauling ass fast let's say it's a 100 pound bow mm-hmm. let's say we're getting 330 feet per second that 45 pound opening pressure that the rage that they're printing might be exponentially higher because of the velocity because it's dragging like hell the drag. Remember, it's the dragon it's always flying it's dragging on meat, but it's denser we'll find we'll, we got all kinds of crazy ideas, right? I
0: mean, that makes it, I, and and I guess, and I don't know about you. Like, I didn't even think about that. I'm thinking kinetic energy out of my bow, and I'm not even thinking about what it is. Down it range. Was, it
3: blew me away.
5: Well, at least like, that's for what I'm me, presenting tomorrow. Right? I've
3: got the slides, and it's just math, right? Yeah, it just sh- the erosion graphs go like this uh,
5: all the way. Up my to nine-year-old, I think grains. about that, right? Because
3: right.
0: I'm like, oh, he's not, he's not shooting enough kinetic energy to get, to penetrate a deer, so he can't shoot a vertical bow yet, right? But like for me or Jared, like it never crossed my mind I'm like, yeah, it's plenty.
3: Right. So the the graph goes the kinetic energy at launch is the same. hmm It's four, three or four foot pounds. It's basically nothing. Yeah. Three percent.
1: The change is, right. The change from
3: But the bottom graph at sixty goes like this and the delta gets much smaller at seven hundred and thirty, I think is the max mm-hmm. arrow. That's arrow I'm shooting for no guy. So that loss at sixty is terrifying Yeah, because we're not shooting a fast thing. I'm also right. going to talk about p- tank penetrators because of him. And they have a very, very, very heavy arrow. It looks just like an arrow, but it's going 5,000 feet per second because they have unlimited power supply. So they figured out what penetrates the tank, mm-hmm. and then they said, what's it going to take to deliver it? We Mm -hmm. don't care. Mm -hmm. How much? Boom. Because we got plenty of boom.
5: Yeah,
3: It's unlimited power supply. We don't have that luxury. We have no power. Correct. 70 foot pounds kinetic energy is a ballistic dud. Yeah. When you lose 20%, it's humongous. Wow. At the target. Yeah. So that's where a lot of people get mixed up with me is, I'm worried about the target. Yep. Five years ago, I was... You and I were thinking exactly alike. Yeah. Let's go 80. Let's bump the jaw length up an inch. Yeah. Right? Let's just get yeah, it going. Just
0: let it throw in a spear.
3: And then your head starts to shift, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. It matters what happens at the target because we're trying to kill things. If you're shooting 3D, none of this matters. Right. Although right. I think. I uh, get it. Shh. But if you shot a 200-grain point, it'd be really as stable and efficient and Bear Shaft tuned for 3D. Don't tell anybody that.
0: Oh, and I mean, those guys are shooting, you know, large diameter arrows and, they have, you know, did, real listen, light... They uh, have
3: glue-in points in them that are heavy, and they're not telling anybody. Shh, don't tell anybody that. But... Um, When your mindset becomes, I just wanna get through the target, what's it gonna take and what do I have to figure out to get it there and make sure it goes through every time, it's a completely different frame of mind. Yeah. And that's what I started, as I've evolved in my channel, thank God, because I would have been the same thing. I have content for years now mm -hmm. because of that guy and because of the math and because it just-
4: That makes sense. The
3: web just starts getting more clear.
4: I mean, do, if anything, I, I feel kind of affirmed in our in our <laughs> way of thinking. Like I agree I agree, not, I I don't agree think with we're almost wrong
0: thinking. There I think there, well the are, difference
4: is like, and I understand why you know because you you guys are shooting these pigs and stuff and you're you're you want that moment uh, the momentum is that the right yeah, word. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm just remember I'm half your age so I definitely could be wrong. I'm wrong a lot. Yeah. I think that's an overestimate of half your age. I'm just I you know exactly half. I, I don't think that I need that much yeah, and, right. and if I can get that additional so I know how you guys feel about momentum and, and penetra- I, I get it and I also think that's important what, what do you think about blood trails so let's say you don't hit the thing perfectly mm-hmm. I right I just
3: did a video on this so okay you'll never control
4: them blood trails
3: in fact the next 10 deer you shoot write them down okay that's I guarantee you've never done that no. I've done it right so write what down write down the shot, and then where you found blood.
4: Mm-hmm, okay.
3: The next 10 deer. Like, first blood? And average them. And then and also write down if you found them. Okay. Right? And I don't know that you're going to see blood right at the impact every time.
4: Oh, I, I would say nine times out of ten, well, I don't. No, I did with that one. But you not, shot him where you're supposed to. That's yeah. not necessarily... I, it, it's kind of a subjective thing. It's just a... It doesn't, is it this blood doesn't trail followable subjective if not. you
3: get a spreadsheet. My average shot to blood distance is 35 yards at the ranch
4: well yes but i wrote it down. but that shot to blood is not necessarily as important as blood quantity in general right? internal
3: blood because you're going to see it
4: run 35 yards more than likely correct so but
3: internal blood or external blood doesn't matter we want shitloads of blood exiting
4: well it does matter system yeah because if you don't see him die you want external blood
3: but if they're bleeding internally massively they're not going anywhere so they're going to get a, a hemothorax but what if they're not
4: you know what if it's a You're poor shot? You're not
3: going to get a blood trail anyway. Where's the blood going to come from on a gut shot? Right.
4: Well, sure. I, I, I guess. So, I guess all what I'm arguing or, or saying, I guess, is like if I make a poor shot on an animal, which is likely we knowing all me. It. No, no, man.
3: <laughs> no, it's not you. Right. Even though I'm trying Everybody to make in here yeah, to yeah, even I'm trying to make
4: ethical. <laughs> sh- ethical shot. Things happen, you know. And so, I'm with you on the blood or on the on the guts. There isn't going to be much blood no matter what. It's
3: mostly because there's hay in there.
4: Yeah. But but if, I'm, if I am nick a lung or, you know, if I get a, a lethal shot or even liver. if it's not lethal, liver.
3: Livers I'll, have no blood pressure.
4: I want to have the opportunity to blood trail that thing as effectively as possible. Yeah, I agree. And if I'm, in my mind, if I'm shooting a small fixed blade broadhead, I'm not going to have as good of an opportunity as if I was shooting a big mechanical. Right. seems to be what offers that.
3: Right. No, there's no doubt if the hole's bigger, you got a better chance of getting the blood out of them. Yes. Yeah. I got no, and even muscular bleeds. Let's just let's just say yeah. you clip the back of the shoulder meat, yep, and we've all cut ourselves,
4: yep.
2: you'll it get bleeds. some blood,
3: right? Yeah. What you want to see is that spray coming out of their damn nose.
2: Well
4: and Troy <laughs> not Troy, not only that, the thing we haven't talked about is just for forgiveness. Like if I'm you know, if I'm if if, if it comes down to an inch or two behind that liver, which I, I know is splitting hairs, but like you know that that big cutting surface gives us that forgiveness that maybe a small one doesn't even mm-hmm. though you know i know the penetration is the and idea that was our it. initial right. thinking that's our idea did. yeah right forgiveness and blood trails that right. said i can't shoot at the shoulder with
0: my i won't at least maybe jared will i won't because i don't think that i'm going to get right i'm not i'm not going to hit vitals so, so get, or i'm going to yeah, hit well, go. well i'm going to feel I'll, like I'll i'm going to redo have, this
2: have one of them koozies.
4: yep you want so, a beer good beer in here <laughs> <laughs> we might have a beer yeah you want one
3: no oh actually sure That'd be yeah? fun on podcast yeah we're live. the drinking man so
4: we got what are we got Yang high life, high life? is it cold oh yeah
3: okay in yingling i don't care <laughs> Hardly picky up. my son gets mad at me because we go to bars i say i want some brown whiskey and he goes you're not that cool dad just tell him which brand uh, I'm see
0: like, i'm a little picky on my bourbon uh, but half the
3: bartenders it. are just like hey uh okay carol's in i'm in sure
0: we tried to. We're
3: having a beer pause. Make them stay uh, with
0: us. In oh no, they're
3: they're with us. Um, okay, so I'm going to show a very simple example. Yes, please. Of what y'all what y'all are trying to work around here.
4: There's a few. I'm, of those go, I'm glad Troy that you're uh, seeing our thought process. We're, we're, we're,
0: on, the we're on the same page. we're on the same page. we're on the same page. All here. right,
3: so we're going to say this is a shoulder blade. Okay. Cat. And we're going to say this is the vital v right here yep and the humerus is here and you can shoot all of the blue i'm going to put it there. the cameras that's my that's my camera right yep this is your camera yeah. okay we'll put it this way roughly speaking the kill zone behind the shoulder blade is about like that Can on a deer Ken? okay shoulder blade would be much smaller yep gonna have to imagine here
0: use your imagination
3: y'all are aiming to hit that
0: yes that's that. behind the crease right yes
3: well, why wouldn't you increase the shot yeah the amount of stuff you're shooting at and come forward well because i, 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 do fear I do i'm going to
0: hit the humerus with my expandable
3: understand but you're you're risking going liver gut back here I agree
0: that and is the, liver is, the agree. liver is
3: very low blood pressure and very high in the thoracic cavity so most people think the liver is low it is not the hepatic high. artery comes right off of the right off the uh, abdominal aorta, and it's hanging. Mm. So liver shots typically don't press blood out. They are, it's a low, it's a very low blood pressure organ, and everything, gravity tends to pull the blood down. Yes. Lethal, four hours. Yep, That sucks.
4: We're all over I the board with a liver, yeah. Right.
3: Now, if you hit one in the liver, a mechanical is your best friend, because it's gonna make a massive hole in that
0: yes. thing. Yes, and then it'll just but drip and We are run talking out.
3: about you could shoot down here a little more forward I and agree. have all this to aim at. Yeah. Or we're risking. 100% agree. So that's kind of how my head thinks. And then secondarily, right in the vital V is where the largest vessels physiologically are in the animal. So mm-hmm. if you sever the aortic arch coming right out of the heart, mm-hmm. which is about this far above the humerus, straight up the leg. It doesn't matter if they bleed or not, they're not going anywhere. Sure. I'll give an example, you'll see this, you're gonna see this, you'll think about this when you've done it, and then you'll see it on other videos. You'll see somebody shoot right through the shoulder blade, the deer kinda hops, and then they start wobbling. Mm -hmm. That's called cardiogenic shock. The blood is leaving their their body so fast, it's leaving their legs. Mm. It's all internal. That's why they don't run. People are like, yeah, it didn't run off, got the wobbly. Well, you damn right. There's The body says, trauma in the front.
5: Bring it. Suck it in. Yep.
3: And it's a closed system. Mm. There's no more blood going in. So when they get the wobbly legs and don't run, it's called cardiogenic shock, and it's the best thing on the damned earth.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Heck, yeah. Well, obviously, that's that's what you want. Well, I mean. Every it, time, I, I wish they would drop right there. You know, that, think, that would be amazing. I
0: think, to, again, and this was. I think we kind of knew there was a sacrifice in it. Is that if we shot mechanicals and in, in whether it's rage or NAP or whatever you're shooting, we were sacrificing some of those vitals in and behind that leg front leg, in order
4: to have a bigger well. Entry. Y- yes, I think a lot of guys are, you know, self correcting. They know that, but I built our arrows so that we didn't have to. Like I was, I was of the mindset that. Yeah, I know that that Rage Tripan is not as durable as a, a single beveled You're any right. kind of fixed blade. I know yeah. that, but I, I want to believe that it is durable. It's got to be one of the more durable two blade broadheads, and with that arrow that I've got behind it, at least right now I feel confident. I'd put it right on that shoulder. We'll talk.
3: You need to go over there.
4: Over where? Yeah, P. Okay. Okay. To, to check out it. the broadheads? Mm-hmm. Daryl, you're not, welcome to
0: bring one of those over yeah. here if you want to check it out. Or We're not loyal to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: just we're, wanna, no, we're try, just, just trying to kill learn. No, we've shot right. them a lot.
0: I just want to kill the ear.
3: Me and, so Daryl and I have a... We're getting ready to build a secondary company to start doing testing for... Take all covers. Arrows, broadheads, we don't care. Yep. High-speed camera, math genius, full reports, all that stuff. Whatever you mm-hmm. want to find out. Mm-hmm. And we've done a lot of testing on a lot of different stuff. And so some of the, there's some new designs that are coming out in the mechanical world. I've never said that mechanical broadheads are a no-go. I've just said they're not there yet.
0: Sure. Well, and I Somebody's
3: gonna figure it out. And what they should do, Brandon McDonald asked me this. He said, would you rather shoot a 400 grain arrow with with an iron wheel on the front Mm -hmm. or shoot a 650 grain arrow with a sever? And I said, I'd shoot the sever, but I'd break the blades off. And he said, I didn't ask you that. And I said, you didn't say I couldn't. Yeah. So I would reduce the broadhead width to one inch, but take the mass.
4: Gotcha. Um, what, what do you mean you break the, broadhead, the blades off? So the blades so are much, two inches wide? So much kinetic energy, it's bust yeah. them, them straight so off. So they're not
3: two inches wide. it cut it down to an inch and a quarter. Oh, okay. Shorten the blades. Literally, take a grinder. So not just get rid them of
4: them, shorten them. Mm-hmm.
3: Just shorten them up. Okay, okay. And then I would have much uh, much more efficient projectile on impact. Yep. this deployment thing would be reduced because it wouldn't be such an angle.
4: Right. H- have you done... Because we're circling this, like, range of, like, y- you're right here with this penetration, and I'm, like, right... in we're not far. But, like, have you done a lot of shooting with, with that, that real heavy arrow setup, high poundage? Um, no poundage. 40 pounds. Well, that'd be the difference, though. So I've
3: shot a lot of animals with 40 pounds and 700 grains?
4: Yep. Meat axe. Hmm. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I'm not saying you can't do it. <laughs> Have you had issues, though, with, like, if you were to shoot that, w- why wouldn't you just shoot that 650 grain with the full sever? Like, do you really not think that you're going to get the penetration I, that you need out I of think
3: that? The, I still think the mechanicals are going to re- redeploy, and they will kick the ass of the arrow. Huh. What he's described on this deer mm-hmm. will happen at 1,000 grains. Okay. It's still going to pre-deploy, possibly. I see. And the arrow's still going to, it's 29 inches long. Yeah. Uh. And the broadhead has a ton of leverage and a very short, it's a very short lever arm and can really crank. And the back of the shaft just goes like that. And
0: that's what I was going to, Daryl, is there a scientific, like what is that scientific piece that Troy's talking about there with like, the way that thing deploys and how is it just how the energy is
1: passed back or kicked back to the back end yeah or? let's talk about that for just a second because let there's, there's something really interesting <laughs> that I goes really like on there Severs. i do yeah. like those okay um so when you first launch an arrow what what this is called in the defense world is called a base push projectile you're pushing it from the back end slide up there buddy yep okay so <laughs> pull the mic hello hello you're good. yeah so when you uh, when you shoot a bass push projectile you're going to bend the you're going to set that up in a condition like a guitar string that mm-hmm. it's going to bow mm-hmm. and people think well it might bow at the at the beginning but by the time it gets down the target everything's straight it's just that one little flash. and at
0: this point that's in that's the up. discussion at least as the average bow guy I'm thinking spine in my mm-hmm. head that's that's what's coming into my mind yeah of like, that's a
1: that's a good that's and i right am putting it in layman's it. terms yeah, for, right. for us bow guys. Right. So right. so you typically shoot a heavier spine off a compound bow because a trad bow needs that spine to get around, you know, yep. get around and, and shoot in the direction you're looking. But uh, that doesn't go away. It's like if you take a tuning fork and you bang it on the table and you sit there, you know for seconds that tuning fork is going to vibrate. Yep. Many seconds. Oscillations, right? yep. yeah. Yeah, guitar strings the same way. Mm-hmm. Your arrow is doing the same thing. Now when you hit the target, you're already coming along at some bending frequency when you hit the target. But when you hit the animal, you're putting exactly the same amount of energy, almost exactly the same amount of energy into the arrow again, as you did when you launched that arrow. Mm. So it might be bending a little bit before it gets there, but when it hits the animal, think about if your arrow slowed down over the length, Mm -hmm. right? That means it got as much deceleration through the animal as it got acceleration off of the bow. And that deceleration will force that arrow to begin bending again. And the energy
3: it, has to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. well, that's
0: what, yeah. I ne- I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's got to go somewhere. In your mind, you want it to continue to push it and carry it through. In this case, it's pushing, it's basically kicking it. And back. that's the
4: reason for FOC, right? It's like because when you hit that secondary point, the fact that most of the weight is up front, is that going to. That's, that's going to reduce pull.
1: the amount. What's going to happen? There's a couple of things that'll happen. One is is all of the inertias at the front of the arrow. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not stacking the arrow from the back. If you if all of your mass is at the yeah. center of the arrow, yeah. right, it'll tend to bow up around that center. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And then then you've got uh, what we would call uh, crater wall interaction. That's a full you, metal jacket situation. Sidewall exactly. swipe. That's correct. Exactly. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And when you do that, what you're doing is that that arrow is slapping back and forth the broadheads redirecting during yep. the course of that we shot some MDF and we saw a lot of the broadheads these uh, a lot of broadheads redirect through the MDF because of the arrow flexing as it as it went through the MDF yeah. I'm not saying MDF is a good test medium that's just sure. what we saw and so so to think that your arrow is hitting perfectly straight and it's going to continue in the line you're going especially for a low FOC arrow where the where the center of gravity is near the center of the arrow that thing, that center of gravity is going to move back and forth laterally as that arrow begins to penetrate and continues to penetrate. If you move the FOC forward, makes perfect sense, right? You're carrying all of that energy into the target, and the amplitude of that bending is going to be less, and the frequency is going to be higher. I, I remember thinking that, Daryl. As, as soon as we like, you know, we saw a guy shooting these full metal. Jack- I shot
4: them for, for a season. Yeah, I know. And then started to dig. I'm into, sorry. Started, yeah, me too. Started to dig into like why. Uh, and it's because of this this weight and FOC, and I was like, "Well, this doesn't solve this. This is just heavier, not yeah. in the right way." Mm-hmm.
3: That's good. That's correct. And I've did this with a couple of people who came to the ranch with full metal jackets. And since I'm sponsored by Sirius, I have every arrow on the planet. So people come into camp, and all I do is I give them a lower grain per inch carbon,
2: yep. and, and put two hundred and twenty five up it. front.
3: And Not it's, hard. Yeah. It's like thirty-five grains heavier than the full metal jacket, but the four to center goes from eight percent to sixteen. Yep, there you and go. It's the same arrow, basically.
4: Yeah, yeah. Five hundred
3: twenty-five grains.
4: Yep. And they just a lot of guys missed it that year, right? Yep. Yeah, the year that full metal jacket. A lot of guys well, went with that. And, and I will say this:
0: <coughs> if we have a myself bee- included, if we have a beef, and this doesn't fix the whole deploying oh, of the br- the blades, no. But if we have a beef with the expandables, it's the fact that. You can't find 150 grain expandable broadheads, right? It's and in fact, we can barely find 125s. I know Sever makes them, but most of them are 100 grain broadheads, and that's it. Well, which is why we stack all the inserts. That's up. I don't know driven if driven by gonna hunter. Help. You don't I, think so? I
2: don't.
3: <clears throat> the only thing I could possibly it help see, our
0: foc if we could do it, but right,
3: it, you still got to get them to fly. So every yep. time, so warning to everyone listening to this podcast. If you change the point weight at all, you got to retune the whole damn thing. Mm-hmm. Do not s- tune up with a 100-grain insert and 125-grain point, shoot bare shafts, bullet holes, life's good, and then decide you're shooting 200. Yeah. You have completely changed the stick. Mm. Yep, 100% the stick changed because it's going to flex different. Backing up. I don't know. So the... Thing, if somebody built 150 gram mechanical, they could go steel. They could get better blades. That's mm-hmm. what if I was building mechanical. Which is a mechanical why we picked the head,
0: tripan because it has some of the better blades it? in I titanium, would ha- right?
3: That's what- I would put the best steel blades I could in there to make them as sharp and durable as possible because the yep. entry angles are horrible.
5: Yep. Yeah, Part of they this.
3: come in like this. Yep. and hit bones. Yep. How many of you guys chop bones with a knife and just slam on them like that? Right? We don't do that. Mm-mm. You do it with a, with a maul, right? yeah. or you do it with a breaking bar. Or
4: yep. go around them if you can. The fact
3: that they're coming in at such a parachute.
5: Yep, I, I hear you. You're
3: really going to damage. The edge is not designed to cut that way. It's designed to cut across. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, would, I, I would put it's it all weakness. into the better blade systems and more I steel agree. and thicken them up. That's where the heavier broad Well, hits.
0: and then why in the hell is this industry back on the damn track of like, lighter's better? I mean, the, most of these guys- No, in it's this, not. Most of these guys in this building do not make an expandable heavier than 100 grains.
3: Well, we're, I'm st- we still haven't touched anybody. I bet I haven't touched 5% of the market yet.
0: I mean, that's, I'm just saying that's what most of these people <coughs> are, are. It's 100 grain options is what we want, what we have. For now, and I'm not saying that's for everything. Or for, for mechanicals, 125. Why?
4: Well, dude, that's driven by hunter demand. <clears throat> that's you know? what I'm saying. Yeah, but the there hunter isn't doesn't a, know anything There's any nothing better. heavier
3: than 150 in the building.
0: The hundred, the hunter doesn't know anything. Dude, better. we
4: could get the product development guy from Ferdin over there. He'll tell us, you know, the reason we don't make 150 grain. Because uh, they don't sell them. Rage right. Tripan is because, yeah, nobody wants them. They, well, they want because, but it's
0: because the market doesn't know that there could be something better. They only know what they have. That's, That's why
3: all the all the really good stuff is internet-based.
0: Chicken and egg, man. Tough
3: ads and all that yeah. stuff. Are, yeah. They're not in the building.
0: But the Cabela's has a and,
3: right? Yeah, they have a 150. Cabela's so have and, and
0: Shields, and these guys won't pick them up because they won't move off the shelf. Because nobody knows
1: they need an... Two hundred grain broadhead or whatever it is. Well, that's honestly that's going back to the misinformation that's out there or the lack of information that's out there in the archery community. Again, you know the, there are a lot of technical people in the archery world, and, and I'm not saying that anybody's smarter than anybody else. The fact is, there's no forum or no place to deposit that technical information. It used to be archery talk, go. frankly. Yeah. And then that yeah. fell off the face of the earth when yeah. it got acquired. Yeah. Well, I'm looking for something a little different. What I'm talking about is something where you have peer reviewed. Papers oh. that are that are in a sub like a real forum, a yeah, real yeah. forum, yeah, and yeah. then you got the best of the best. It's been sorted through. That's stored in a location, and yeah. then you go and and the industry and everyone goes and looks at that. And they said, "How come you're not doing this? We want." You no, know, the this. problem is,
0: is this industry for as long <laughs> we as got I've a long way it, to go <laughs> is is financially driven through the mouths of celebrities and sponsorships, and it doesn't matter. And frankly. You know, and they won't tell you. I guarantee there's a handful of guys in this building who are repping a product who they've they've never even used because they won't use it because they know it's shit. Yeah. It but
2: happens.
0: But because it, that's who has the money. Yeah. What are they going to do?
3: Yeah, that's the challenge with you know trying to make money in this world and shoot the crazy stuff. I yeah, shoot. but
0: this industry, this industry is unique. Like in this in the sporting world, I get it. Right, ultimately, like. You know, uh, this endorsement's gonna come down and you're gonna wear this shoe, you know, football player A or basketball player B. But ultimately, those guys play a sport to where they don't have to pay to play, right? Most yeah. of these guys who are doing TV shows, who are looked at at the celebrity side, yep. minus the YouTube aspect, yep. have to pay to play. They're on a network, they're on Outdoor Channel, because they paid Outdoor Channel $100,000 to be on there for the quarter. Right. That, that's, that's why, and, and no knock to them, but we talked about Pursuit Channel, well, somewhat of a knock. And then people say, well, why the hell does that channel exist? There's mostly shit shows on it. It's frankly because they find people who are willing to pay 50 grand a
1: quarter to put their show on there and be a hunting celebrity. Yeah.
2: That's has to be a
1: tough
3: way to make it living. Yeah.
1: Let me give you a technical example. Just a very simple technical example. When's the last time you heard somebody say, hey, what's the ballistic coefficient of that arrow? None. Never. I hear Never. it in my long range shooting that I do. Maybe. Probably not. Probably not. Because the ballistic coefficient is not something that's routinely discussed, yet it has everything to do with how that arrow is Well, I say going my long-range shooting, I mean guns. My yeah. long-range gun shooting, yeah, yeah. I here. that. Everyone knows, right, the Creedmoor has a great ballistic coefficient. Yes. Right? But in archery, no, we don't talk about that. Yeah, and the reason is it's misinformation. It's misinformation or lack of information. But the ballistic coefficient is is exactly what controls the trajectory of that arrow. How much speed is bled off as it goes downrange. You could have a very high drag broadhead, a very high drag arrow. But if you have enough mass Mm -hmm. to counteract that, you have a very high ballistic coefficient. Well, guess what? You're going to hit that target with a lot of energy and a very high velocity. So you get your kinetic energy, you get your momentum, but even with a high drag. But... We don't talk about that. And it's frustrating to me that we have... we. These things are just things that fly through the air. Mm-hmm. We know how to do that. We know how to calculate the drag. We know how to calculate the lift. We know how to calculate ballistic coefficient. We know how that affects the flight. But here, it's all marketing. It's all, it. yeah. it's all marketing. We need to change that. And the way we're going to change that is from both ends. From these types of uh, podcasts, the channels, right, that bring it up from from the ground up and then from the top down I'm here from the top down to talk to the industry about having a technical symposium having a place where we can store technical information that talks about hey how you know what's the what's the momentum what's the kinetic energy how does that drop going down range what's the drag of the arrow how does that change the velocity of the arrow as you go 60 80 100 yards do we really need to be shooting 60 and 80 and 100 yards if our dispersion pattern let's say the drop of the arrow is three inches at 60 yards, but our dispersion, we can't shoot more than six-inch groups. Do you know that that means that there's more than a nine-inch dis- uh, uh, maximum extreme spread between the bottom of the arrow group and the top of the arrow group between your broadheads and your field points? Who's hmm. talking about that? Nobody. Nobody. Why not? We're talking no about flying anything. things. You're not
3: going to necessarily shoot that great. 3 Ds is a different thing. You've had four warm-up shots with the fat yeah. friends. You missed one, and then you say, "Hey, I'm a 70-yard shot." Well, your first five were.
1: Yeah, not let's, so let's awesome. get these guys. Let's get them to do the the Rocket Man yeah, we're challenge. Gonna, we're
3: thinking about doing the Rocket Man challenge. So y'all, y'all need to put some input in this. Okay. Right? We want to do one cold shot.
1: Okay. You got
3: to either run 60 yards and come back and shoot within 20 seconds, or do like. 20 push ups. Okay. And I'll do, run.
0: Jared will do push ups. You can right. do two
3: sets of, you can do 10 <laughs> sets of two, however you get to 20. Right? Okay. All right. So you and I can do 20 <laughs> or 30 push ups, right? Now, it would take 10 but, most sets, but yeah. Most people would die. Yeah. Uh huh. And then you got to grab your bow and shoot 60 yards, one
1: shot, okay. and send it to us. Okay. So, no, should, we, should we do that for a week? One shot. And every document day. each one of them? Okay. No, and send us the group size. Should we
3: run that? Should we run or push ups? Or what do you think we should do? We want some stress. You're excited. Here comes your elk. I mean,
4: if you think Running do decide, is going to get the heart rate going. Yeah, that's what I
3: think.
5: Yeah, it ups are going to do, gonna do be
2: some
4: kind of
1: a burpee. Would like be arm fatigue. Burpees.
2: Yeah, yeah, any
1: kind of a cardio. Burpees yeah. suck. Yeah. It's They're so like good for you in other so Aerobic I was something. trying to be practical. So what I would say is, hey, walk down, well, put guys your Guys
4: do that, right? Put, I know guys that are doing western hunts, that's how they prep for them
1: because they, they i they, hope so, right? Yeah. So, so I do. put your target up at 60 yards, run back to your bow, mm-hmm. and within 10 seconds fire your arrow. You get one shot. You're done. The next day, do the same thing. Walk mm-hmm. down to your target. Run, back to, the, run yep. back to the bow. Pick up your bow in 10 seconds. Fire it. <laughs> do that five times at 60 yards. And tell me what your group size is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? and Just uh, with a field point? You can do a field point. If you want to do broadheads. And, and heads. What, are we, what are we hoping so, to find with this? I want to know what the, what the average, what the true average. So people tell me who sell broadheads, man, I, oh, I can shoot a two-inch group in 100 yards. Okay. And I'm like, I bet you cannot. I bet you can do that if you shot 20, 30, 50, 100 shots every day. For and the that's last why you're month. saying true cold. like True, true cold. cold, one shot. What, what, is the, yeah. what does the cardio
4: element have to do with that?
1: Well, so, That's just so a stress
4: the, element for being under Well, I understand that, running. but that's yeah. obviously going to make the results well, worse. it's more
2: realistic.
1: If you've got a four warm-up
3: shots and then you got to take your cold shot, you have four warm-up shots before it. So you Who's going to take a
1: warm-up shot off of your tree stand? You're going right. to shoot four warm up shots no, and then no, no. wait for you to do No, But you, I'm also not going to run. I'm also not going to run. 60 well, yards. there's a buck fever element to that. You know, sure. the buck shows up, it's, a, it's I'm with you. you know, it's great, it's big. When there's I listen, I think
3: we do the deal in in Stonewall. We may do both. I, I
4: think, look, think for the sake of we'll, accuracy of your of your test, based on what you guys are trying to figure out, I don't know that the cardio element is necessary. I I think that is realistic in a hunting scenario. I think That's what I want to know. I think that's a
0: level B. I would do almost like a control, which is just walk out 60 yards, shoot one cold. Then maybe the next week, you know, do that a full week. The next week, do your cardio 60 cold. And uh,
4: you're 100% right. That is going to be drastically... (laughs) broader That's i th- I, think. I still think the cold will there's be no doubt there's no i more.
0: mean we all know that like I, there's certain days that my first shot and i'm like money feel good about it there's yeah. other days i'm like Fuck oh no, yeah. <laughs> oh
1: damn it who my was shooting that mad. bow yeah my mom's gonna yell right. at me now see what well, you look, did troy if if we did that sorry mom let's say we did that and we we said we could set an industry standard to say okay this is this is an average dispersion for guys who who uh want to go hunt yep. elk hunt doesn't matter whitetail hunt Whatever, their elevated heart rate, all of that is in consideration. What you would find is you'd shoot shorter than you normally do. So I
0: was going to say, is that potentially the, and I, you know, listen, this industry, people don't listen anyways, but the hope would be to say, hey, listen, 60 could be too far.
3: Just, just it would be a funny to te- be a fun yeah. test. Right. Yeah. I
1: like it yeah. start that way. I'm all start for it. being fun. But it, it becomes science. All right, really we'll quickly. do it. So we'll document <laughs> would we'll sure. The uh, rocket man, challenge. The we'll rocket do, man we'll, challenge. We'll
0: document a cold 60 for a week and then we'll do the cardio 60 for a week and we'll mm-hmm. give you the results.
1: Yeah, that's great. And if you want to add extra excitement, put your favorite broadhead on the front. Okay. Right. And now I don't know what my favorite broadhead is. <laughs> Whatever that is, take your field point off. Put your broadhead on there. Yeah. I will say that is the the big
0: negative of at least us with Rage tri is I shoot that thing into a target and it's shit that
4: <laughs> I gotta go get another one and they're expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it's for the tri but, but for certain models, I know they make like a, a practice mm-hmm. that's supposed to be pretty. One close. of the
1: Rages
0: used to do it. A G5 does
1: it with their. I think it was the 2.3. Yeah. It was like the extreme. I'm really mm-hmm. interested to find this out because uh, here's one of the one of the things I've tested. But in fact, Troy and I tested this together out of my arrow gun, which takes the bending out of the arrow. So yeah. so we shot a ton of field points with... Uh, How long is that? Air- um, is it's it standard bolt. shaft? Yeah, it's a, bolt. It's a it's, Oh, it is it's a It's about 20, 22 inches. So so like bolt that. out of crossbow. Yeah. Uh, only it's the Traditions crack shot arrow gun. Yep. Right? Pressurizes the front, yep. takes the bending out. And so uh, we shot 3% FOC, 13% FOC, and 25% FOC. And all of those field points at 40 yards hit the bullseye. Hmm. All hit the same spot. Not, you a, took not a the lot bend. of wind. Same, same weight. Same weight. Everything's the same. I Just we moved put a brass the FOC. ring
3: on it and just move the forward to center around. Mm-hmm. So we okay. put it in the back, put it in the middle, put it in the front. Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: So the sh- yeah. yeah. The point of this is to show you that just because you have a certain percentage FOC for your field points doesn't mean your arrow is going to fly the same when you have that same FOC for a broadhead because of the drag. Yep. Because of the lift. Because of the lift. Yeah. I'll talk about that tomorrow.
4: Come on, Jeremy. But lift.
1: I told yeah. you I was terrible at physics. Yeah. yeah, because of the lift.
0: Can I ask two two quick questions? Because we haven't, we've addressed a lot of the front uh, and we, we did partly on the, the helical of the veins, but a big debate between like, let's say a two inch blazer and a four inch uh, of like my four inches more stable. The other part would be, and Jared and I have this back and forth, is lighted knocks. Um, I've personally just had a shitty flight with lighted knocks. Maybe it has nothing to do with the lighted knock itself, but uh, you know, versus a traditional... So model. I'll do
3: the lighted knocks first. Okay. Some brands are not accurate. And the, when you change the knock, you change a lot. Okay. Knock fit, knock shape.
4: The, okay. Just the knock. Yep. Okay. Just
3: literally the knock. So... And then you're adding weight to the ass end, which is the worst the biggest place thing. to put it.
0: Yeah. The biggest And that's why I kind of bailed on it. But you I mean, is there a way
3: to... with, with lighted knocks.
5: Okay. And, and then it.
3: stick your stocks back in and the weight went away and you'll be fine. Okay. So if you're going to bear shaft and you're going to shoot lighted knocks, bear shaft with lighted knocks. Yep. And then when you put the stock knocks in, the tail weight comes off and they'll shoot pretty damn close.
0: Okay. okay. But if I want to continue to shoot with lighted knocks, just bear shaft it with the lighted knocks in first.
3: The, Correct. Gotcha. And then... Um, the one the any lighted Knox industry with the sleeve systems, you should not be hunting with those. Those things are not that consistent.
4: What do you mean sleeve systems? They have
3: ones that with the 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 base knock is a certain diameter and, and it'll then you fit, put the sleeve in. it'll and, fit a 264 a 204 yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. you're you any
4: are, just generally speaking any one size fits all is not going right. to be your best so case. we've Got
3: actually it. found um and they're not sponsors of mine but we found the luminock to be one of the most accurate knocks Interesting. consistently i
0: mean they're yeah. the i mean they're the original right well they use
3: a stock boning real knock yeah with a little deals on the side that bite yep. into the shaft. So it's a stock knock and everybody else is reproducing the knocks. Got it. And we found them to be more accurate. I, I'm When I go nail guy hunting, which may be a spot and stalk thing in February, I'm not shooting lighted knocks. Got it. I'm not. I mean, it just it's a big damn animal. I got to shoot in the right place. I'm not having a lighted knock make it just-, just And
0: that's been, again-
3: If it happened. I just yep. want my dumb arrow to be as dumb as possible. Yeah. Just a stupid projectile coming okay. off. How about thing.
0: fletchings?
1: I can try that. Hit it, Daryl. Oh, <laughs> we're going down the rabbit hole now. OK, what's your question?
0: So basically, you know, um, and it really was probably when the like the whisker biscuit came out. Of, but a lot of people It's shoot pronounced whisker, biscuit. Husker.
2: whisker, whisker, uh,
0: the two inch like blazer vein, right? Uh-huh. Two inch, versus I, a lot of people say, well, no, don't shoot that two inch, shoot that four inch. It's more stable.
1: OK, let me ask you a question. What stabilizes an arrow? I have no Is idea. It lift or drag. <laughs>
0: we just went over my physics. It's 50, so. 50
1: drag. Lift? Oh my gosh, it's a lift.
2: Yes, but it's 50, why? 50 and I've but my math why, was is it lift.
1: My um, lift stabilizes an arrow. Um, okay, I'll try to explain this. Yeah, I'll hit me. I can do that with, yeah, pick up with, with Jake. Jake. Tark, Jake. Dumb Big brain. Jake. Jake's Big arrow. Jake. Big Jake. Big Jake. Yeah, I had to cut Big Jake down a little bit to get in the suitcase, but okay. <laughs> okay, this is Big Jake. All right. So when an arrow flies, hey, I'm going to pick this up. Thank
2: your,
1: you. Mm. There you go. Now we're hello. Yeah. Yes. Okay. When an arrow flies like this, what happens? It pitches up, yep. it gets lift off the broadhead, yep. it gets lift off the fletching. Mm-hmm. Okay. When an arrow is flying, it's pivoting around the center of gravity. Yep. What makes the arrow stable is this lift times this torque arm to the center of gravity. And this is unstable, it tends to push the arrow up. To stabilize that, it's the torque arm from here to your fletching and the lift that's created by the fletching that brings the arrow back down. Mm. So the, st- the the stabilization of an arrow comes from the fletching, mm-hmm. right? Not from drag, because the line of action of the drag is along the arrow, right? Right. But the line of action of the lift, right, Put is knot. is way far away from the yep. center of gravity. So just a little, it's like a seesaw on the playground, yep. or a torque wrench, uh, uh, like a.
0: Is that a fulcrum in the middle or am a I wrong? fulcrum?
1: Yeah. Oh! Yeah, that's right. Boom. It's like you're changing a car on the tire. boop, 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 you know, with any a. Time uh, I drink beer, I had better. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Now it's coming out. So, <laughs> so the numbers are. starting <laughs> to so well, come yeah, out here. One thing about that forward. though
3: is, if this, if you put the point weight forward,
1: yeah, fulcrum moves up. Then the fulcrum less. is much longer. Yeah, the okay. destabilizing fulcrum is less. The stabilizing fulcrum is. So if I put, stabilizing it's, it's like a pry bar.
0: So if I put more weight forward, do I have to have bigger fletchings in the back? No, no, smaller. Smaller fletchings. Yeah, it's torque
3: it's more efficient this piece is more efficient physically yep and you can shoot tiny fletches I shoot one and a half inch long feathers that are half inch tall
4: so Whoa. F- just for fun well it wasn't fun when it happened I lost <laughs> fletchings off of my arrows so I was essentially shooting bear shafts just for fun I had like six bear shaft arrows and I was like eh, let's see how they shoot you know I didn't notice any difference like at 40 yards they shot fine yeah they shot fine then
3: your bows at your bows into in and arrows in tune I think this, and I thought
4: that they were and I Assume that that was now the shoot case, them through paper at, at 40 yards. Well, we'd, I think right, that's probably something that we're going to do here. Right.
0: Yeah. Do paper tune for the bear shaft.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, knock tuning out of the gate and bear shaft tuning seems like a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Why? Are, why are we not doing that? Well, and it, it is funny because um, in,
0: in fact, I think it was target archery guys who were the ones who were like, yeah, I shoot four inch fletchings, not those
1: little two inch pieces of shit or whatever. Well, well I, let's talk about that. We didn't talk. We didn't discuss that. Okay. Um, if you shoot smaller fletching, you can move the fletching back further. Back further on the arrow itself, than the shaft. It gives you more torque arm. More lever arm. Okay. Right? Our,
4: ours are back pretty far, and it was not intentional when that happened. It just, mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't know what that Just
3: ma- Just be careful they're not on your face.
4: Yeah, I've heard Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah,
3: If the fletch is touching your face. Too far back.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've heard that as well. So you can actually lower the drag of your arrow by putting smaller fletching if you have a higher FOC. And you can go faster. Interesting. Over distance. Uh, say again?
3: It doesn't drag as much. Uh, so
1: say it one more time. Uh, if you do what? If you have a... Uh, you're just trying to increase the distance between the center of gravity and where the fletching is. And that does what? That you can lower the drag by putting smaller fletching if you can move it further back. Just and so in a, right ca- okay. a lot of cases, if you sh- instead of shooting four inch fletching, you go to two inch fletching, you can move it further back. Okay. You can pick up the advantage of a yeah. uh, longer lever arm. And would you say just the further back the better, as long as it's not touching your face? Yeah,
3: yeah. all day yeah. long.
1: Okay. okay, so here's where you run into an issue. Is how quickly does your arrow roll up? The smaller fletching will roll it up slower. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. The high, the longer fletching, you get more lift in the radial roll direction, yep. and it will roll up faster. They'll still, if their angle is still the same, they'll roll up to the same amount. Mm-hmm. Right. If one will do it slower than the other? But that's something we no one ever discusses. How quickly an arrow rolls up? It's not that big a deal for us, but the stability is a big deal. And that, I didn't finish what I was saying a while I go. If we change the FOC of a field point, let's say a 10% field point, point. then we take that field point off, a 10% forward FOC, right? You shoot your target, hits a bullseye at 40 yards, great. You can take that field point off and put a big broadhead on there, even a mechanical with exposed blades, and you won't hit anywhere close to that same point. So just because you have the same percent FOC doesn't automatically imply that you have the same stability of your arrow, right? And it, that it will hit at the same point. So if you're not practicing with your, again, if you don't practice with your broadheads, you just assume that because I've got 10, 15% FOC, I'll get the same impact point. Not going to happen. Not, not I, I, and the thing that the industry strives to say, these fly like field points. Yeah, 100%.
0: That's, that's, what, you that's, all that's
1: what you want. Wouldn't it be great? That's what guys. Everybody want. wants yeah. to be able to yeah. shoot them field points and then yeah. go out and shoot their yeah. broadheads. Well, and it is the same. Well, what's deceiving is that might be true out to thirty yards, forty sure. yards. Sure, it's not the same at sixty yards. Well, if you're Troy, it doesn't matter. It's fine. That's yeah, right. right. Well, the national. <laughs> so this is what I learned from Matt over at VIP. The national average <clears throat> distance. What do you think that is for killing whitetail deer? I think it's twenty-five under, yards. Yeah, yeah, I would say it's under twenty-five. Yeah, I think it's high. He said it's thirty-eight. Killing 30. or shooting? Well, maybe it's right. shooting at. Yeah. Well, and that 20 know, yards.
0: The, the big thing here that we're talking about guys is a dramatic shift in the effectiveness of archery equipment which honestly will change the entire dynamic of how we manage whitetail deer in this country. I know that sounds like holy shit where did that come from but that's what it is, right? I mean, there is an ineffectiveness happening in killing a whitetail deer because of the way this industry has monetized archery equipment. Yeah. The that's more effective that we absolutely become. Absolutely true. Right?
3: It's better for the sport all around.
0: It's better for the animal, it's better for the sport, but the what I wonder is how have the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks adapted to inefficiency because we've been doing it for 10 plus years.
3: Well, that's an interesting thing you just brought up. So Texas Parks and Wildlife has actually adopted the 12 Factors as something that has required information for all bow hunting instructors. In Texas? <clears throat> In Texas,
1: right. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's big, awesome big wow. damn thing. It's amazing, dude. Texas.
3: Well, the guy who runs the whole um, education department bonked an elk. Yep. With a muzzy and a he's a big tall guy too. Yep. He's not shooting. He's not twenty six inch draw. Shooting right?
0: 30, 31 inch spears. Right, and then
3: mm-hmm. he got a hold of us, and we set him up with six fifty and. The we next two elk had I mean, a really bad day. There, there has like, to, not out of sight.
0: There's a certain portion of deer that are being shot and wounded and probably dying, maybe not dying. Like, there's an inefficiency that's been brought on. And we beat this industry up a couple of weeks ago in a podcast. So I'm not going to do it again. But it, it's ultimately created problems to where we can fix them with the right information and, and be a better sport. And, frankly, maybe be a little less... Uh, shitty to the public of like well yeah i saw this deer walking around in whatever central park new york with an arrow sticking out of its ass or, the thing
3: yeah. the 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 other step aside of that is a, a deer arrow is not an elk arrow
0: yeah agreed, agree
3: and so i mean you're talking about an animal is three times the size of
0: yet sometimes people mistake just, them just basic them things as the bone same. structure
3: yes. meat on the side thickness of the chest wall stupid physiology is just facts yeah. Yep. and guys say man this thing works on deer I shoot 400 grains works all the time and then they go elk hunting yep and you're just shooting a whole lot more dense target with a ton of drag yep a shoulder shot on an elk which a big shoulder so that's a big V yep we're talking about a hole that big in the vital V on an elk that where I say to shoot stuff straight up the leg lower one third yep you may be pushing through five or six inches of shoulder meat. Yeah before you hit the rib cage, inch and a half there, and then it's gotta continue another
5: double it. Twelve C. or fourteen inches yeah. to hit
3: the other thoracic wall. We're talking about 20, 24 inches of penetration. And, and that, other-
4: that's a big enough animal that dude I would I'd consider changing my setup for L mm. not so drastically maybe to go all the way to where you're at, but, but I would consider shooting like a, a two blade, fixed blade broadhead. You know yeah. 50 yards and in with yeah. my current setup for, mm-hmm. for an elk i think that'd be the change that i would consider
3: yeah right, right. i I'll, i just that it scares me because most people a 243 is a perfectly adequate white tail deer rifle
0: yeah but you're not gonna shoot an elk with
3: that you can kill an elk with it but most people buy a 300 it's nice that seems like very common knowledge yeah, I mean, Troy. Right, everybody right. needs guns
0: like people know that though they're like oh yeah i'm not going to shoot my 243 for elk i'm going to take an not six or a 308 or whatever why is it not common knowledge at this level
3: it's just we'll get there. We're working on it, right? Yeah. The, it the biggest challenge I've seen out west is the distance. Yeah. Most of us are hunting kind of stand situations with the 200. Yeah, and and deer comes we're out of the hundred. You got them. him, right? Yeah. But in out west, if you just zero at 300. Yeah. If you're not zero to 300 and you're going out west, you're kind of losing it cuz you're shooting across canyons. It's not
0: well, and jared when we when jared and i say we shoot <coughs> 60 70 80 it's because we go to the dakotas and hunt mule deer spot and stock on the ground when we're hunting whitetails we're not
1: shooting 60 70 well, 80 yards
4: in, in fairness we were fully prepared for 60 70 80 you and i both shot it less than 20. in terms
1: of yeah with <laughs> yes. your broadheads or just your field points uh what pra- practice practice yeah field I, points. i was field points yeah, yeah. field points so yeah. who knows what it was so let's do the rocket man challenge you come back and we'll See if that changes right. your mind on how you're going to set up and practice for those kinds of shots. Okay, I think it will. I think it will when you change, when you change. Even if you put your mechanicals up front, I think it'll change your impact dispersion enough that'll it open your eyes and say, I don't want to do that. Well, or you
3: change your pins for broadheads.
1: You change your pins for broadheads, yep. but that doesn't change right. the dispersion pattern. Yeah, right. It'll right. change how much it drops, yeah. but your dispersion pattern may be larger. I'd be fully prepared to say that that would be larger. Right on. All
0: right. So we're going to do rocket man challenge. What is, for anyone listening, what's the best place to find information? Ranch Ferry? Is yeah, that where most of Yeah, you can go to my YouTube channel through?
3: at the Ranch Ferry. It's kind of
5: a big deal.
3: You can just type into Google. I, I stumbled on the name. So Where did
5: it come from, by the way?
3: What? Uh, we have a ranch in South Texas, and I am the manager And so my wife's the, family has nine. Who's wife, the ferry? The ferry's me. Okay. Oh, yeah. And uh, Obviously. Right. <laughs> Look <laughs> at me. I mean, I have a little baby. I thought it was implied, yeah. eh? And so um, about 15 years ago, I took over the ranch and started doing all the fix this, fix that, keep the house going, AC work. I, it just It's good for my brain. Mm-hmm. And um, I started calling myself the Ranch fairy. People would be like, where's the big bucks? You've seen the cameras lately? Da, da, da. I, Can you make me dinner reservations? And, and God help, the AC's got to be working. We're not going. Mm-hmm. OK, well, it's not working. OK. So when I started my channel, on Google, you're either, you get a lot of hits, yep. or you're super unique. Yep. And I said, hmm, and I went to GoDaddy, and I typed it in there, and they said, ranchfairy.com is available. And I said, oh, wow, bought that, typed it into Google, and nothing came up. Like Fairy Ranch for some horses or something. Mm-hmm. And I went, that's a freaking winner.
1: Yeah, super. Totally,
3: Ferry's not the tough guy. for
1: mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Tattooed up, flat brim. Yeah. yeah I don't business. know if I
1: told. you, Did I tell you this that I did not contact you for about eighteen months because you had Ferry on the end of your name? I know I was that. Like, I was that's a little why, a pe- that's <laughs> why a lot of. That's why a lot of. That's why we haven't, to haven't talked
4: to him till now. But yeah, well, right.
1: Mark, you said you know in your hey, if you have problems with arrows, give me a call, and I'm like, I'm not going down there. Yeah, right. Or that the ranch was. No, something yeah, listen, i Ferry. Woo!
2: Yeah, making some money
3: on the side. Hey, twenty bucks is twenty bucks.
4: What happens uh, on the ranch (laughs) stays on the ranch.
3: (laughs) Yeah, right. Come to the ranch, baby. (laughs) So it just took off from there, and it's just a unique enough name and brand that nobody forgets it. That's awesome. And so it really has been fun. I, like I said, I did not expect this to happen. Well, congrats,
0: dude. I mean, it's it's a cool thing, and you know, um, you know, it's funny when we talked earlier. You know, you're like, yeah, kind of like don't belong in this thing. You do, you know, and frankly, per this discussion. I think it's more needed than several of the people or a lot of people in this building. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. You know, and uh, thank you for being on this thing because really, for you and Daryl to be on here and enlighten us. I mean, you can see we're we're like we truly. The reason this podcast has been put together is because like we want to learn this stuff. Like, right. And and we don't have loyalties, and we're not you know over proud of what our setups are. We just want to be better hunters and more efficient hunters, and like we truly are curious about this stuff, and so. Yeah. It's you know, super helpful. Yeah. it's fun
3: to do the education piece and have a cool debate and just discuss Man. what you're
0: doing. And well, we like to learn, along, so it's well, easy, we're gonna it's easy do for that. us to sit here and get educated. We're doing the Rocket Man challenge, so that'll
1: be awesome, and yeah. um, and hopefully it'll it'll bring some data. Yeah, and, post that on yeah. your channel and stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, let's yeah, in do fact, it, we'll do. it debuted here. We've been talking about hey! it back and forth for like three months. How about that? You guys, right? You guys are going to be the ones to bring it when out. When
0: this is all, when you're done and you've kind of got something to talk about, let's reconvene and and go back over it. You know, on. On the podcast. Yeah,
3: we'll do a podcast of the Rocketman Challenge. I'll do I it, too. I gonna, I'm going to try it because i got to figure out for Nilguy how far am I really going to shoot. Yeah, man. Because I'm going to be pretty jacked. Nilguy's a very unique animal. I know. And are only in Texas, and I've wanted to kill one for a long time. Are you, I you got going this, by, like, Kingsville or something? Yeah, we're going down, yep. down south of Kingsville. Cool. And uh, I really am I, amped up with That's that. That's awesome, I mean, I, Deer are fine, but those things are... <laughs> That'd be cool. Oh, there's not. I don't know a lot of people who have them. No. The guys I know who have them have ten, yeah, because they got addicted to shooting them yep. and started going, yep, and whacked the hell out of them. That's but awesome. But I just don't know a lot of people who have them. I went to Africa and I have a kudu and a blesbuck and a black wildebeest and all that stuff, and and it would it's not going to be the same as an ill guy. It's just not. It, it Africa is cool, but I <laughs> it's, don't it's know. Texas,
4: Texas is Texas.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, listen, boys, we appreciate you coming on Hunter Podcast and joining mm-hmm. us here at the uh, ATA Show. Uh look forward to being part of the Rocket Man Challenge. And Rocket
3: Man Challenge. I
0: love that. Yeah. And then let's let's circle back up when we got some results. I'm sure the listeners are really going to appreciate this. This is the first conversation we've had on the podcast. We're 50 plus deep into this on something like this. Awesome. Um, and I think it's really, uh, I'm sure we're going to get a ton of feedback on it. If
3: y'all get a lot of questions, which you probably will, start mm-hmm. to kind of figure out where the middle is. Yep. And we'll just do it again in a few months perfect and talk about what cool. comes in love it man when i first did the first podcast i ever did with a hunting public they literally didn't publish it zach farrenbaugh was like this yeah his he was freaking out at all this, this stuff right? yeah you can arrow tuning oh my god yeah and I, I was like so i called him like two months later said hey man you will haven't put the podcast up he goes we can't put that up <laughs> people's <laughs> minds will melt well <laughs> Our email and I started laughing and I was like, "Okay, yeah. bro." And we did another one. It's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the first one,
4: just exploded. They, I mean, literally. Well, that was Zach a couple was of years ago, right? When it was first, like in those Full Metal Jacket days, when people oh, were yeah. first, like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I get FOC." It. Wait,
3: right? Yeah. And then we did one here, and that's when he's it probably really right. Took off. Our
4: brains would have exploded
0: at that time. This is good, though. This is really good. <laughs> well, we appreciate it, guys. Yeah, Thanks thank for you for coming on. Well, Enjoy welcome the back later. anytime. And man. yeah, we'll have you all back on Hunter po- Podcast and. For everyone else listening, thanks for listening to what is this, Colty? 54? Yes. Something like that. 55? Five. 55. 55. Oh, all right. Episode 55 of the Hunter Podcast. So Troy, Daryl, much appreciated, boys. Absolutely. Thank you.
4: Thank you all. See you guys later. See
0: me. <laughs>